I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of that galaxy and direct from our galaxy right here in California, this is Four Center Presents Other Center. I'm Ken Napsok. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. 
And I'm Jennifer Landa. And we are here today to have a great discussion. Oh, I'm predicting predicting that already. Uh, with the conversation of the roads not taken. Oh, I can't wait. You're gonna you're gonna get some surprises of paths I almost took here today. We're gonna have a lot of fun discussing that. But before we do that, we want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from. For your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player, a little bit later, I will have a Force Center Recommends and Other Center Recommends, an audiobook we think you just might want to try out on us. Help the show in the process. Uh, Joseph, uh, we always like handling this business up top. It's fun. It's challenging. It's coming from our hearts. What's our ask today? Yeah, I like the way you said handling handling business. Uh, let's let's discuss our spreadsheets uh, <laughs> for, for the listeners. Yeah. Uh, no, we like to highlight something. Uh, we've talked about this w- over the years, and we've been doing this for about a year now. Where we're just uh, highlighting something that we could use help with because uh, hey, we used to not be good at asking for help. Now apparently we're great at it because we do it all the time, multiple <laughs> times a week. Uh, but the thing that sounds uh, nice to us right now, uh, right now the uh, the SAG after strike is continuing so we're definitely going to be doing uh, other center for a, a little while yet and uh we'll probably be doing some amount of other center uh stuff even once we get back to the galaxy far far away we've been hearing some nice things in in person and sometimes on social media from people about what you enjoy about the other center and it occurs to us that uh, we could really use some reviews on itunes mm-hmm. some fresh ones that highlight uh enjoying other center. So if you've been enjoying the kind of stuff we've been talking about here on Other Center, uh, it would be great uh, to leave us a review on, I'm saying iTunes, but it's not called iTunes anymore, is it? It's <laughs> Apple Podcasts. Please get in a time machine mm-hmm. to 2007 and leave us a review on iTunes. And then now here in the present, uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts uh, for Other Center. Yeah, I'll tell you what, though, it's still confusing. Um, having just put out the, the my comedy album be, uh, through DistroKid, which puts it all the spots, I still have a Apple Music spot and an Apple iTunes spot. I, I don't understand it. I, <laughs> you can it's find so it. confusing. <laughs> uh, my, my wife uh, was in Wisconsin visiting her mom uh, this week. And uh, there is, she can't remember the, the name of a place. So she kept telling me, it's like, we're going to the Apple store. I'm like, well, that sounds really exciting. And she's like, no, it's actually just a store that sells apples. <laughs> oh. So if you're in Wisconsin and you go to that Apple store, also just randomly tell people there that you like our podcast. I love that. <laughs> love that. And uh, head out there. Uh, also, we want to let you know, we have a Other Center live stream coming your way on YouTube Friday, October 27th. Uh, 27th at 2 p.m. Pacific. Now, uh, sometimes we get some requests for other time zones. Uh, wherever you are, uh, just go to your, your phone and go to that the time. That's the time, wherever it is. Two to whatever. If you're at 10 o'clock in London, uh, I have to do the finger counting for the East Coast. Like I was, it's four, it's three. <laughs> What time? All right. So if an NFL game starts at 10 a.m. here, it's one o'clock. Oh, okay. I get it. So 2 p.m. Pacific Friday, October 27th, a little bit of a pre Halloween show. Um, I'm not saying we're going to dress up in costume, but Jen, I know you've been working hard on some costumes. So if you show up on air dressed as one, I, you know, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. Yeah, maybe I can, if I can get it together before then. Absolutely. I don't want to put pressure on you. I know your costumes aren't like what my costumes would be, which is going down to a store and grabbing a, a mask and a, like a plastic outfit. <laughs> there are some good costumes at Target. I'll say. I just oh. I was just there. There was a hot, cool hot dog looking one that I I actually was tempted. Oh, yeah. the Target hot dog is pretty good. The full body one with your, yeah. your face sticking out of it. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Target hot dog. <laughs> That's yeah, come to our live stream where we'll all be dressed as Target hot dogs. That's <laughs> yeah, a lot. Right. Uh, before we get to, uh, into our main topic, we always like to catch up with life adventures. Once again, we'll just knowledge up top that the world is uh, is a kind of a tough, uh, uh, terrorizing, sad place to just kind of be living in right now. It, it's uh, it, it's hard. It's hard. And, and sometimes you get overwhelmed. Um, and sometimes I think it's okay just to step away. We uh, send a lot of love out to those uh, in the world um, going through a lot of pain and suffering. And uh, we um, uh, we're here to just kind of uh, entertain, but everything's still on our hearts. It's hard not to be. Uh, I found myself this weekend uh, outside of traveling, but just having to. All right, I'm not going to watch every YouTube video and highlight and clip and take and pundits uh, diving in. I just need to maybe, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, not disconnect, but just kind of protect my soul for a bit. So mm-hmm. uh, we acknowledge all that's going on. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I have been doing uh, reading, watching uh, various videos that have popped up, and uh, it has been nice to get beyond the uh, the uh, limited character Twitter hot take uh, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. spend some time uh, reading and and listening and reflecting has been uh that that's been good as opposed to just the the bad social media two people have an opinion and now they fight uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah right not helpful yeah yeah absolutely I, I found myself leaning towards uh, uh trying to learn and, and in some cases just relearn the entire history of of Middle East and all, all, all you know complicated is not a word that even begins to cover it but um mm-hmm. Um, that's where I focus on, but even that can can get kind of, uh, it can get kind of heavy. So, um, well done there on, uh, all of us just kind of trying to put a good face out there. Uh, Jen, uh, life adventures, switching gears a bit. Um, but what's been going on? I I didn't want to tip your hand a a little bit, but I know you've been busy here working. I have been in Furbyville is what I'm going to call it. Um, I was working on a deep dive on uh, the history of the Furby, the scare and fears around the Furby in 1998-99. And simultaneously, I'm also making a Furby costume for myself. Um, (laughs) And then I've been wanting to do this for two years. I have a stuffed Furby, so not the one, not the electronic one. They had the Mm. Furby buddies. And I had uh, was going to modify it. I had a monster high doll that I'd taken the head off and I was going to shove the body in the stuffed Furby so that the Furby would have arms and legs and we could pose it and have fun with it in my mind. And my whole family freaked out. They were like, what are you doing? They've seen this Furby, by the way. This Furby has been, I've, everyone knows that I've been wanting to do this for two years. I have the monster eye doll on my dresser, <laughs> headless. <laughs> it's just been sitting there. And finally, Saturday was the day. And I mean, like literally people were, my, my children were freaking out. They were getting like crying. My husband was like, what? Like, I thought he was going to be on my side. Like, it's okay. It's just a toy. No, he was like, what are you doing? Why are you going to, but there's nothing wrong with the Furby. I'm like, but it has to be an odd body. Like I want it to be, it's like an art piece. That's how I see it. Like it's an art piece, right? It's like, it's like bridging. Like we've talked about my childhood with my womanhood and that the two can exist. And it's kind of like grotesque and weird, but that's kind of how, like that's I feel like me mm. so not that I'm grotesque but you know what I mean mm-hmm. weird yes <laughs> so anyways uh mm. that was canceled I Furby is still intact 
<laughs> buy another Furby and that one is going to be modified and I'm going to do it on my own. Mm. No one will stop me. This is this is great. I I think this is this is sounding like in an art piece, <laughs> uh, a documentary you should make about this. Uh, this I mean that's just a beautiful like I'm going to physically manifest the emotion of marrying myself at different ages mm. is great. So I think it's all beautiful, and I also love that it does sound like absolute stereotype of mad scientist. Like you need mm-hmm. you need a castle somewhere in Europe with lightning going off. <laughs> Well, you make your Furby creations. Uh, right. I know. I, I'm sorry to go on and on about this, but no. it really, uh, I'm so motivated. I actually did something when I was a studio art major. I did kind of, I ripped off the legs of a Cabbage Patch doll and I had made this like sculpture to kind of symbolize what I just, what I just talked about. So uh, this is a thread throughout my life that I've been, that I, I need to express myself with doll parts. Um, <laughs> uh, that's definitely is. the t-shirt of the episode. Uh, but Furby, my oddball Furby. And there's a whole community, if you guys don't know, there's a whole community. It's an amazing, awesome, wonderful community of people who modify their Furbies in all sorts of wild um, crabs, long body Furbies. It's really amazing. It's a great subculture. Wow. Oh, wow. I can't wait to, to the next time I need to procrastinate because uh, I'm going to dive deep on this Furby. Do it on Etsy. You'll find tons. <laughs> I just think that's amazing. I, I, you know, people modifying toys has been going on for a long time. In fact, that's how a lot of toys are made, right? Kit back. Mm-hmm. I, I remember in the 80s when, you know, my friends would be like make custom G.I. Joe figures and they'd start to tell me how and I'd just be like, yeah, I can't do that. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> I want to, but I can't. So good for you, Jen. That's, that's, this needs, I hope this is being documented. I trust. Yeah, I will. I'll document it in, in the shadows of, of my kitchen when no one's here. (laughs) Stop me. Organ music playing. We return to the lab. Love it. Uh, My adventures were pretty direct, but fun. I had a couple days out in New York with Mark Ellis as we did some shows in the New York Comedy Club and, um, um, a lot of folks showed up, folks that I know, shout out to Eddie Harrell and uh, Paul Denuso and all those PA people out there who were uh, very nice to uh, not only come to the show, but uh, hang out afterwards and say some very nice things about Other Center and all those kind of things uh, that we do. And that's always uh, a good time. It was a quick trip. I came back. I slept 13 hours. I've, I haven't done that. Like we're talking a legit fell asleep eight o'clock <laughs> Saturday night, woke up nine o'clock Sunday. Uh, was nice. great. Uh, so that a lot of fun last week releasing uh, my comedy album in my day. Thanks to those who supported it uh, on Bandcamp or listened on uh, many streaming services, many that I've never heard of till. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, it's uh, it was a good thing, uh, not only a good thing to experience, but just yeah, this is a, 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 a small step for the largest scale of the world. But for me, uh, emotionally, it was it was a big step to take a step forward and release something. And uh, you guys have all been nice about that. So that's it. I mean, it was just the simplest trip to New York. Uh, took a lot of naps. Uh, went to this place called Essex Market. Uh, and just had good food and good shows. And that was it. So it sounds like I should have more exciting things to say from three days in New York. But no, that was it. Well, no. I was, I was, I'm waiting with uh, bated breath for uh, food specificity. What did you eat? Yes. So Essex Market is uh, just as it, it's like a... I call it a community food court. Uh, it's it's like a, you know, if you go to the farmer's market where we go to Third and Fairfax, it's just like that, but on th- two or three levels in, in uh, on the corner of Essex. And um, 
near Houston. And uh, it was great. So you had a lot of choices. So there was a big vegan place for, for Grace to hit up. And, and I had some vegan treats as well. Uh, and then a good pizza spot. And I have, a, I have a complicated relationship with New York pizza. I don't like it. I don't think it's as everything it's uh, heralded to be. But this spot wasn't like a street slice. It wasn't like one of those little shops that, uh, you know, Ellis kept going to Williamsburg Pizza. And he loves that stuff. This, this, these were mostly squares, uh, hair a little different, uh, wilder options. They had a vegan option as well. Um, I think places for having that it makes our lives a little easier uh, when Grace and I are traveling. And it's good. And there was also tacos. I had tacos and pizza, like, you know, wow. like, like you do. And, and for your pizza topping, did you get uh, chicken, mushroom, and artichoke hearts <laughs> like we, uh, we ordered on our... We didn't I, order. We pretend ordered on our live stream. I the last do live stream. Want to try that. I do want to try that pizza in real life. Uh, no, no, just I'll have the beige deluxe. Yeah. <laughs> Straightforward, just a cheese and then a pepperoni. And the second day, I had a cilantro pepperoni with cil- uh, uh, cilantro pepperoni sausage one, which Ooh. was great. That sounds good. You know, you take the bite and you're like, heartburn is here. It has arrived. <laughs> <laughs> So it's good. So it's all good. And the weather was weather was a good time. So uh, uh, that was my trip. But Joseph, you had a, a productive non-trip, I would say, <laughs> in your life. I had a trip into my very soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Uh, um, so uh, the the sad uh, part of my my last couple of weeks is that um, my wife and I have uh, been passing like ships in the night. I got home uh, last uh, Monday. Uh, at like mm, eleven p.m. and then she left at four a.m. Uh, to wow. go visit her mom in Wisconsin. Uh, but then uh, because she was being out of town, uh, I have a, a, a feature, a horror feature I want to uh, work on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got, I had a lot of the outline and I really need to get moving on asking people to be involved, figuring out budget. And like, I, I keep daydreaming about like all this stuff I can maybe start doing if a script is done. Mm-hmm. Uh, so since she was out of town for, for six days, I tried to clear my schedule as much as possible and just set the goal of just finish the first draft. Uh, mm-hmm. I posted about it on social media, uh, to a get encouragement and also, uh, uh, trap myself because <laughs> uh, people are always encouraging oh, every, every once in a while if I post something like I'm going to try to write this in this amount of time every once in a while you know somebody mean comes out of the woodwork but mm-hmm. in general people are really supportive but if anybody's like yeah that's not going to happen it's really good I, I'm going to show them is <laughs> <laughs> uh, a good uh, motivation for me uh, so yeah I, I, I did not think I was going to make it uh, but then uh, Sunday, uh, I wrote uh, 42 pages in one day, uh, nice. which wow. is just like it, at that point, it's just the the physical labor of typing that much. That's the hardest, mm-hmm. <laughs> hardest part. But uh, I did a little post on on social media. Sometimes when I talk about trying to write a draft in a short amount of time, you know, people can be again, f- fewer people, uh, but people can be a little. Like, well, yeah, but it's probably crap, right? Um, <laughs> and and for me, the whole thing is uh, first drafts are, are always rocky, um, mm-hmm. That, but they kind of should be. And I don't think speed equals art. You need to get the idea out and see what works and see what doesn't. And I think the more you write, the more you know yourself and the better your first drafts uh, get. And this is a better first draft than other first drafts. 
I've written because that's the way it goes. And I did a, a social media post about this that, that I'll finish posting other places. But it really helps me to think of the the first drafts as like monsters, like mm-hmm. uh, did perfectly in sync with your your Furby thoughts, <laughs> Jennifer, <laughs> of like, yep, sometimes they're going to have like a, a weird limb that's not where it's supposed to be or, you know, you know, oh, whoops, they have eight eyes instead of uh, two that I meant to give it. Uh, sometimes you can just fix those flaws easily once the draft is done. And sometimes you're like, actually, maybe this should have eight eyes on its back. And that's what makes it cool. Uh, So I think that really helps me get past all of the analysis paralysis and anxiety. And it it, it needs to be perfect and just um, try to have the thought of finish your monster, finish your monster and see what you have after that first draft because the first draft is just the beginning should you want to add a screenwriting coach and author of screenwriting <laughs> books just yeah. because finish your monster it's a great way great title I will, yeah i, I want to do something with the idea of finish your monster because it just makes me so happy maybe mm-hmm. uh, maybe uh, i can work on uh some just poster and then the image can be jennifer's furby it is your monster Lovely. Well, well done, sir. That's an accomplishment. Uh, yeah, yeah. Know. Excited to work on the next drafts. Yeah, that's where writing is made, kids. Finish that monster. Edit, edit, edit. That's where I sometimes would get real, real afraid when it comes to screenwriting. I don't know. Is 112 pages of suck. Seems like I'll stop there. So <laughs> <laughs> I needed finish. Your monster by Joseph Grimshaw. Uh, <laughs> that was one road I could have taken, Joseph. But well, there's many roads in my life I could have taken, which is what we're talking about today. What do we got? Yeah, yeah. It, it, this has been a fun journey for other centric. Because sometimes we'll be talking about one topic, and then it'll make me think we could really talk mm-hmm. about that more. So we have talked uh, near this idea of roads not taken, the the paths that we choose. Uh, so I thought it might be fun to dig into a little bit more uh, the the past that we thought we might take uh, when we were younger or even more recently, the past we thought we might take, the past we actually did take. And also uh, very important to me, uh, the past that we can still choose before us, because I think um, as long as you are alive, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> there are still paths uh, to choose as much as society sometimes uh, wants uh, to make us think we're done. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are not. Uh, so I want to start here uh, with, with you, Jennifer. When you were a kid, did you imagine what you would grow up to be? Uh, you know, in your imagination, what were you? What was your life like as an adult from your kid perspective? I don't know if I ever actually, uh, be- well, I think I did believe it. I always wanted to be an actor. I wanted to be Punky Brewster. <laughs> then when I was a little bit older, I wanted to be uh, Claire Danes, my so-called life. Um, I used to, on Saturday mornings, because my parents would sleep in, so I would wake up and I would pretend, I would grab my cereal and I would do cereal commercials. So at a young age, I, I don't know how, I just, I really wanted to be a kid in a commercial. And I, I made that dream come true to some extent. Um, yeah. But yeah, I always envisioned myself being an actor in some form or fashion. Mm. Well, that, mm. that, that is, that is a, a you know, well done. You, you did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't realize the other part of that, which is like the reality when you're not working and how it really mm-hmm. is like ebbs and flows in this business. I just thought, oh, once I start doing commercials or I'll book a show and I'll just, that's my life and yeah. I'll, I'll be set. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to talk about there about uh, mentorship and <laughs> yes. uh, helping yes. helping people find the the balance between uh, the dream, the reality, all those things. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but that that's fascinating. Did you talk to your parents about it? Did you did they know that you were doing secret serial commercials and that you wanted to be an actor above all else? Yeah, we had a friend who used to uh, drive up to LA to do commercials, and he mm-hmm. you, he would work. And I was fascinated and I begged my mom. I said, please. And she said, no, I'm not. You know, she was a teacher. She's like, I can't be leaving work to take you on an audition at the drop of a hat. She was like, plus, you, you don't want to be an actor. She wanted me to be a concert pianist. So, right. <laughs> you know, so that was uh, that was the preferred path. She thought that acting was just like a crapshoot, which, you know, she was right. She, she, but not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> she was not wrong. Unlike the guaranteed success of concert pianist, uh, exactly. you know, when you got real, you know, parents who are uh, not politically conservative, but just sort of life conservative. And they really want you to get a solid job. They're always be a concert pianist. You can always get work. <laughs> no, I don't know what I don't know where that came from. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, did she want to be a concert pianist and pass uh, the dream on to you? Yeah, she loved music. She was in the choir. She was a choir director. She directed um, theater, musical theater, and her free time. So yeah, she was very much, and she saw that I had an ability, mm. and so she was like, oh, that's, and it's very much being, you know, this this Mexican American family like that. It's a luxury to have piano lessons mm. and. It felt very much like a, like an exclusive space. And for the first time in her life, I was kind of like g- getting us to the, these opportunities in these like oh. quote unquote white spaces. Um, I, I definitely think that was part of it. You were opening doors. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Wow. That's great. Um, Ken, did mm-hmm. you imagine what you would grow up to be? Um, is this, um, is this, this is going to be a fun episode. Uh, I'm going to start a little, um, with some depression mixed in with this, I'm just warning people. Uh, <laughs> when you at, when you ask this question, what what did you imagine you grow up to be? I, I had a lot of um, you know different paths I was going to take, but but all led to like um, I don't know family and and uh, uh, kids and just kind of a car. You know, I remember thinking, what car am I going to get? I you know didn't know mm. 1981 Ford Fairmont was in my future for my first car, but I you know I, a lot of those flashes. And so no matter what choice, there was a lot of different uh, career choices we're going to dive into. That was kind of the image because it just seemed like that was what you do. Uh, and for a lot of folks and, and Jen, you can attest, yeah, you do you married kids and that kind of thing happens. Um, but there was a depression hit early and I, and I, 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 I used to sit a lot and think I'm going to be alone and I'm going to be in my apartment on Christmas and I'm not going to have anyone around. <laughs> I would cry. It was, I, this hit early. This is why depression definitely can, can, I, I, you know, chemically based and it's a thing you got to battle from a lot of different uh, directions. And uh, there were some moments in my life where I remember thinking, oh, that was more right than I wanted it to be uh, because of my job and sitting at home. But I had, but I ended up having a good time alone playing Red Dead, eating fast food on a Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I, it was strong, strong um, feelings about this. I used to deal with this a lot of, of that yeah. going to be, uh, well, no matter what career choice, I'm going to be this person, <laughs> this sad, lonely person. So I'm not. Uh, I've had those moments. Um, so a lot of the images have, uh, are, are still present um, changes. The, the desire to have ch- kids uh, did not um, um, stick with me. Um, 
uh, in a happy relationship. It's it's not a, a married relationship. We're not necessarily thinking that's in the plans. But so, you know, I, I'm happy to say I ended up getting there. The happier, sunnier visions found their way to me. Hmm. Did you get any any um, any pressure or feedback from your parents about career uh, specifics? Did they did they uh, push you toward anything? They did not. To um, as therapy center continues, uh, one thing I've I've come to terms with is there was a little bit there was a little bit of hands off in the wrong areas, right? So mm-hmm. uh, if I was to go outside and it was uh, sixty degrees. Uh, not having a jacket was uh, near a death sentence, right? Uh, yep. And there was a lot of that and a lot of don't try things versus um, probably needed to be pushed a little more. And that's something I, you know, battle with and I've discussed in other times today um, where I it, it set up a lot of that kind of failure down the line in the sense of um, – um, it, it's different from, Hey, I want to be an actor. No, no. We, you, the reality of driving up to Hollywood, you know, I, I get where maybe your mom might come from Jen on, on the surface. Um, mm-hmm. wasn't that, but I, there was never, I, I was set to go. We'll get in some of it later, but I was set to go on the four year college plan. You know, you choose your plan in high school when you, you know, what kind of classes do you want to take? Are you going to go to a four year university? And I, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. Cause I had this, this, particular plan. And I stopped, I pulled out of that in 10th grade and my parents never questioned it. Um, mm. You know what I mean? Like that would have been the time to be like, well, why, <laughs> what do yeah. you need to do? And so I didn't get that. And therefore I sometimes uh, an enemy, an enemy of mine online once described me as someone who just bops along in the water and waits for the tides to take them somewhere. And there's a kernel of truth in that, that I battle a lot. Mm. Um, and I think it stems from that where a lot of what I'm talking about, ah, the family, the, the college, career, family, this and that, that just happens. You don't have to work for any of it. You don't have to, uh, I don't mean like work, work, bootstrap yeah. works, but just like you don't have to make it, you don't have to make a decision. It just happens. And uh, so this is the only real depressing answer to this question. <laughs> That's where I started. So when I thought about the future, I just, I didn't, I just thought, I don't know, I'll get there. Yeah. Well, I don't think you're, I don't think you're alone. And I think, you know, it's come up with the three of us, I think having some parents who, who overlap in some ways of, yeah, my, my parents were up in my business in some ways I did not want them to be. But when I look Mm -hmm. back of like, they could have encouraged me, like they were generally supportive of things, but it was sort of like, oh, you doing that? Cool. Hope it works out. (laughs) <laughs> you know but not like have you thought about this should you look in this way point that direction what about like yeah right so they they were not there in some of the ways that would have been really great for them uh for for them to be um yeah and and uh i was i, I think you're talking about being much younger ken but i remember in high school starting to think like i am either going to you know accomplish my dreams or like I am going to be uh, like, you know, living in a hotel on the outskirts of Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I really oh, had wow. like, I think it's going to be one or the other. I really do. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. I don't know why I obsessed on that, but in, uh, Hey, it's somewhere in between. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, That's so, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think for part of the reason I wanted to start with this question is I think I have, uh, I think I have a, a bias, but a, a life experience that makes me think about it differently. So I want to, be sure to hear and understand what other people are thinking. I don't know how it got into my head, but the, the possibilities always just seemed open and it wasn't out of um, ego. It was when I was very, very young. 
I don't know if you, I, I don't remember it. I haven't exactly, I haven't looked it up or, or Googled it, but there was some sort of Sesame Street little like song bumper, uh, you can be anything. Uh, mm. You can do anything. And I can't remember if it was humans or Muppets, but there was like a little song. And, you know, I think it was Grover would spin and then he would be, you know, a firefighter or a doctor, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> at the time he wasn't like a data entry specialist, but it was like, you know, <laughs> career careers. And mm-hmm. I think I somehow internalized that is not you get to pick firefighter or astronaut and be one, but rather, mm-hmm. hey, Grover told me, I'll get to do all this bleep when I'm older. Mm. I, <laughs> all this bleep. All this bleep. You can do it all. <laughs> I remember, I think it's just something internal, and I don't know where it came from. I remember listening to the radio in like 1982. Yeah. So I was very young. I think it was a Joan Jett song. And I remember like really liking like the way she sang another part and mm. then going, well, when I'm a singer, uh, I wonder how I'll sing that. Yeah. <laughs> And I think I had that perspective when I was young of like that. That's what life is, is that you get to try everything. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it has been a gift and a curse for me that I have tried lots of different things. And the the, the gift is, you know, having lots of different experiences, having mm-hmm. lots of different skills. Um, but then it's made it harder as I get older. And all mm-hmm. those Grover options are like, yeah, astronaut, no. <laughs> <laughs> firefighter no uh you know the second generation joan jet no not gonna happen and like it, getting getting to deal with the the reality of not not doing and being everything mm. yeah mm. having that hit you yeah yeah mm. yeah thanks mm. grover it's my fault that's my fault it's not actually grover's fault uh but we <laughs> falsely accusing grover it could have been kermit uh kermit could have been, been one of the clearer. humans yeah. <laughs> I, it probably was. I I don't remember their name, so I'm not going to guess. But like, yeah, they should have been. They should have come with like and pick one, not all of them. Uh, <laughs> anyway, speaking of picking one, that's kind of at the heart of some of what we're talking about. Uh, Ken gave us some previews over over email when I when I sent out this topic idea. So Ken, I'll start with you. Uh, what were some of the career paths that you imagined and, and that you didn't end up doing, or at least you haven't done yet, and maybe you still will. Yeah. You know what? That's yeah. One, who knows? Uh, So there's, yes, a lot of things and a lot like you, Jen, some of the desires that I ended up having later on in life, creatively and professionally were in place, talking into microphones. Um, Mm -hmm. I I remember used to host a cooking show in my kitchen when I was like 10. Oh my gosh. Um, So a lot of things. Now I haven't hosted a kitchen show yet, but uh, there was two big ones that I want to highlight. And and there was a third one that was minor. And I'll start with that. I always had a, I always danced with the idea of being a being a police officer. My uncle uh, was and ended up doing 55 years total uh, in the LAPD active in, re- wow. in reserve. And, and his, his son, my cousin, Chad is approaching 25 years of LAPD. Actually, I think just past that. Uh, so there was that side and I did go into the public safety side and my uncle every year said, you got to take that test. That was his catchphrase, take that test. And uh, while I'm glad I'm, I'm didn't, I, I didn't, I think I would have been um, uh, a good police officer and I would have maybe, uh, you know, hard to make differences inside departments, but I think I, I would have been good, but I didn't take that path. But early on, and that set in early, but the two early on ones were a park ranger <laughs> and a baseball. <laughs> and a, what baseball, was the second one? A baseball announcer. Oh yeah. Which doesn't Ooh. seem like a surprise, but that was the one that I, I was just talking about. I went into high school, um, 
I definitely wanted to play. And even before I got cut from uh, even making the, 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 the ninth grade freshman baseball team, I knew my skills as an athlete weren't uh, where I wanted them to be. But my knowledge of the game, my love of the game was uh, I looked at, I, I believe it or not, used to be good at math. And I was looking at like a baseball <laughs> statistician, mm-hmm. someone who was worked with the clubs and that kind of stuff. And but I, I did want to uh, be an announcer and, and love them. I uh, loved all my, you know, the Vin Scully's of the world, Al Michaels and Bob Costas, all those people I grew up watching. So yeah. I did study and Syracuse was one of the biggest colleges for uh, sports broadcasting. And that's where I was going to go. Syracuse, New York, uh, went into ninth grade. Like that's the plan. And then by 10th grade, I just, I don't know what happened. Just the fear of it all. We can get into that discussion some other time, maybe even later in the episode. Because again, I want to be happy. Uh, so that didn't happen. But the Park Ranger one was early because th- that was the only trip we took every year was to go to Yosemite. And I was obsessed with who are these people in these wide-brimmed hats helping us <laughs> or telling us cool facts? And do they live here? And what what is this? And I remember my parents explaining in Park Rangers. They, 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 they live here and they work here. And They're like forest cops. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was fascinated with that as a kid. And I loved Yosemite. And I, I, it bums me out I haven't been there since 1994. I want to get back. Um, now, I didn't know the park the, the park system was as big as it was. And it, I'm glad that is. And later on, I'd watch that Ken Burns doc on the parks, uh, national parks. So you could go to, you're not just going to go to Yosemite. You don't apply for Yosemite. You you could be anywhere, right? <laughs> it's one of those things. Um, but I was obsessed with it from like first to like sixth grade. The idea of living there, being there, being part of it. I'm not like a super outdoorsy person, but I just love that Yosemite Valley. I love the interaction and I love the experience as a kid. You know, I'm having these memories made and a lot of it's because I'm on a nature walk with a park ranger who's telling me what kind of bear might be there, what kind of daffodil that is and what kind of pine cone. That, you know, I just loved mm-hmm. it. And so I did actually look into it a little bit as a, as, as a youngster. But by the time I got fifth or, or sixth grade, the, the performance bug and more of that kind of stuff started to hit. Yeah. Well, that uh, that's great. I do have a friend who is a, a park ranger that I, I knew well in the Twin Cities and she has uh, since moved to uh, Alaska to Denali. Oh wow! Oh wow! She, she, yeah, she's great. She did uh, a fascinating, fun life where, yeah, you, you're you're you know mixed, mm-hmm. uh, a very urban life mixed with a yeah. very very uh, in tune with nature life. Um, yeah. You know the the park ranger thing makes me think of a kind of a, a sub question that I want to ask you both quickly. Is I feel like when we were young. Th- everything like that Sesame street was very like there were specific career paths that were easily identifiable. Like the, he, these are the people in your neighborhood. Like uh, you, mm. you are a, a postal worker or a park yeah. ranger, you know, and there wasn't like nobody was doing Sesame street sketches. Mr. Rogers didn't say, and here's the gig economy worker <laughs> <laughs> or even here's the person who works night at the supermarket. It was careers. We only heard about careers, not right. jobs to make money careers. Right. Mm. Did, do you think that's true? And do you think it's st- still true today, Jennifer, from your kid's it perspective? Is, yes, 100%. And I think that there's two different types of children. There are the children that when you ask them in kindergarten, which I witnessed w- over Zoom, what do you want to be when you grow up? And there's the kids that are that are just like that. Fire. I want to be a fire person. I want to be a mm. doctor. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a dentist. I want to be like very, uh, you know, career paths, right? And then there's the kids like my kid, 
I want to be a mermaid. (laughs) 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 And I share this story because it really speaks to who she is as a person. And she's Mm. not alone, right? There's kids that are fantastical. The world is their oyster. Why not be a mermaid? Mm. Why not be a ballerina, whatever. Right. And so I think that there are the kids that, that, and a lot of those kids that are very literal, like the doctor, the lawyers, they probably have heard it from their parents oftentimes. Right. Mm -hmm. Or they've seen it from their parents who are those things. Uh, I knew about teachers and those kinds of professions because my mom talked to me about it, but the same, but I knew that I didn't fit in that path. Mm. I always knew that uh, those types of traditional jobs, those career paths were not like, they never called to my soul. But mm. I think for some kids that, that, that does call to their soul and they like it. And they still talk about that on Sesame street. They still do. Mm. Um, I mean, they obviously highlight the arts and things like mm-hmm. that, of course, but very much. Yeah. It still is very much like, you know, like old school. Yeah. You can be a, a fire person. Mm. Ken, Ken, do you think mm. it would have helped you if, if the world or your parents made distinctions between like careers, like be a politician or a plumber versus, hey, you uh, assistant manager at Best Buy. That's cool, too. If you just want to make money and get mm-hmm. your joy elsewhere, do you think it would have helped you to have a distinction between career and everybody needs to work to make money? Um, gosh, yeah, that's a great big what if. Um, I, I don't think I. I, 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 you know, I watched what happened with my father, who was who was an artist, a great uh, um, uh, hand drawn, like two D um, artist. He he wanted to be a, a cartoonist, you know, that that classic mm. cartoonist, and mm-hmm. and he, I mean, he wasted those skills. He they withered away, mm. and he did the you know got the job at ITT Tech and got kids and this and that. Um, but I. I wasn't discouraged from either direction, but yeah, I wish I under, would have understood. I wish there were, yeah, maybe, maybe that's the answer. I just wish you had a little more hands-on and in, 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 yeah. in describing it to me in the process uh, of, of going out and getting it. Um, you know, even, even, you know, wanting to be a baseball player probably wasn't a realistic dream for the moment I had it. Um, but you can train, you can practice, yeah. you could, and I, right. I was not shown that, you know, you right. want this, be this. I, I once sat down with my, my tax guy I have now. Uh, he's a fascinating character. He's from Australia. He's a good looking dude. And, and and he just, you walk in, you're like, this guy's my tax guy. This is not the sketch character that I expect. Got you into taxes. He's like, oh, I always wanted to do it. I just like helping people. And like, it was just this, what? That's amazing. Uh, to your point, Jen, of I just never was drawn to something that didn't have uh, weird hours. Um, but anyway, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, I, I wish yeah. that's, I wish a lot of that more, a lot more of what that was explained. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And, and I do think it is very good to encourage uh, kids to use their skills and figure mm-hmm. out what they love. I just think it's kind of fascinating to find the balance with like, sometimes what works out great for people. Like I have, I have friends that I love in, in the twin cities who do endless amounts of theater and then they have a day job and that's the balance mm. uh, that, that they need in their life. And yeah, yeah. I'm curious uh, to see, you know, how we continue to reflect to, to, to kids shoot the highest, f- find your dream, figure out a way to be a mermaid. But also if you have to be a mermaid on weekends, yeah. <laughs> how'd you like to make money? 
Um, you know, and what's crazy is that there was a study that came out recently when they polled young people about what they want to be when they grow up. And it was like 80% want to be influencers or YouTubers. Yeah. That is the new mm-hmm. mermaid, mm-hmm. if you will. Like <laughs> this idea that, you know, you too can become a YouTuber and make millions of dollars <laughs> like these kids who unbox their toys. I, I, yeah. know, I know two uh, uh, ladies here in town I'm acquaintances with who are YouTube or who are influencers, not YouTubers, influencers, and mostly they pose in mermaid costumes. So Janet, (laughs) there you go. Merging the two. Um, uh, Mermaid Furby influencer. Can't wait uh, to see that dream come true. Uh, Thanks for following me uh, off the path as we talked about Mm -hmm. some of that stuff. Uh, Jennifer, what were some of the career paths you imagined that you didn't end up doing? Uh, let's see. I wanted to be, uh, well, for concert penis was presented to me and that terrified me, never appealed to me. Um, photojournalist was one. I was really, I used to love, um, National Geographic, Mm -hmm. uh, as a child. Um, and obviously my dad, who was a reporter, who was also a photographer. And when I was in high school, I discovered photography and I just loved it. And the idea that you could go and like immerse yourself in a community and photograph it to tell these people's stories. I, Love that. Um, I have a cousin who would travel all over the world and his stuff was in National Geographic. So that's probably where I got that idea. Um, And then the last one is, uh, yeah, as a reporter, Uh, I wanted to be a reporter. I thought that would be fun. But I thought, well, I'm a little too, I struggled with the idea that I'm too, a little too weird. Mm. And I liked, I like to be like, I I like to be silly. I like to make jokes. Mm. And I, that always, I had that disconnect where I was like, how am I going to present the news and have people take me seriously when I also want to do these silly things? And that's <laughs> probably the main reason why I didn't pursue it. Um, Cause I was like, Oh, that means I have to wear a suit. I have to look <laughs> professional and I'll have to move to Arkansas. And that's what everyone told me. <laughs> I asked multiple people Weird. and they're like, you have to go to a small market. And mm. I went, Oh, what if I don't like it? And like Ken, you were saying, it's like that risk. I don't, I don't, I just didn't want to take it. And yeah. I, and so instead I took the other risk of acting, but it is funny. Maybe Did- there's multiple dimensions, <laughs> multiple other people, uh, Jennifer versions of Jennifer taking those paths. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that that's part of what we were talking about uh, in a recent episode that made me want to talk about this is like uh, those multiverse, multiverse stories, you know, I think mm-hmm. everything everywhere all at once. That's, that's, part of the reason those stories are so powerful uh, mm-hmm. is thinking about all the different versions of ourselves that, that we could be. I I'm seeing a, a reality where you ended up being like a, a, a fun, colorful, uh, wacky weather person <laughs> 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 on a morning show. Yeah. I like the morning. See, I didn't realize that until it was, I don't want to say too late, but I, I realized, oh, there's like pop culture reporters. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was at E, I, I tried to figure out how I could do that. And again, I was met with, well, you need to leave Los Angeles and go to Arkansas and get your, get your reporting chops. Ha 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 for all the, all the hosts that are, <laughs> have their strong journalism backgrounds and pop culture. Uh, yeah. So mm-hmm. anyways, mm-hmm. it was a different time very different time yeah wow yeah i i've uh got a long list of things that i got to do have got to do uh because i've worn lots of different creative hats but then there's still some stuff that i haven't done and stuff that would take like oh that that's kind of takes full commitment you gotta fully uh shoot for that like saying i want to be 
a journalist. So here's the path. It means moving to a small market. Um, mm-hmm. uh, as a kid, I really, one of the things I thought I was going to do is, is be a comic book uh, artist or writer. Um, because I was good at drawing and that's where that's, so that's what people encouraged. And I got a, a, my major in visual art, painting and drawing and, uh, just be, fell much more in love with, uh, with performing, but that's still, I like, but someday, uh, I will write or draw a comic book. And it's weird now to live in a time where, um, you know, there are a lot of indie comic books and you can kickstart pretty much anything or at least, you know, try to, um, so some of some of the like dreams I still have are really about like time of like mm-hmm. I could absolutely uh, write a comic book, maybe illustrate it, probably not, probably hire someone and do a Kickstarter for it. But then what else am I not <laughs> focusing on if yeah. I do that? Yeah. So that's uh, kind of a, a, a definitely a path not taken. Um, when uh, I was in uh, college and getting into performance and uh, falling in love with the, the, the singers of the, the mid to late 20th century, uh, Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. And all those people, like I really wanted to be a singer. Um, and I worked it into sketches and stuff like that. And, uh, and I took a singing class at the U and the first thing in the singing class, uh, was everybody just brought in a song they liked with no accompaniment and just sang so the teacher could see where is everybody at. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I sang a Dean Martin song and I, 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 I was doing comedy and I was hungry for attention at the time. So I did some bits and people laughed. I was like, that was great. And people laughed and were happy. And then she was like, so you did a thing called jumping around keys all over the place. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I just, I do not have, I, I can't hear notes. I'm very, yeah. I'm very tone deaf. And it didn't help after this long class of struggling where this class basically smashed that dream. Mm. After this long class, uh, str- uh, struggle through this class, the teacher was very nice. And she's like, if anybody needs extra help on your, like your final song that you prepare, you know, here's the office hours you can sign up and I can help you. And uh, she was like, okay, so here's what I'm going to do for you uh, is uh, I'm actually going to let you sing this lower than I let people sing it. And mm-hmm. I was like, why didn't you let me do that at the beginning? And she's like, every man who takes this class thinks they have a really deep voice mm-hmm. and I'm sick of it. And so I will wait and decide for myself if a man actually does have a deep singing voice. <laughs> right? Everyone tries to claim they do. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. So it's one of those things like, I bet if I took a lot of classes, I could get better at it, but it's just, that's always yeah, been yeah. one of those. Oh, oh what if, what if yeah. I could have seen, seen the, the crooner you, I, I could see yeah. that path, you know? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the mood wise, attitude wise, yeah. everything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it would have been great. <laughs> it would have been great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one other thing that I want to ask you, but well, I guess, can I think I kind of know the answer to this? So mm-hmm. when I got done with college, I just wanted a, a job to make mm-hmm. money. So I got the job at uh, what was Kinko's at the time, now FedEx. But then I'm obsessive and the job kind of was this fun challenge and I had a good manager. So I got to be assistant manager in like a year and like doubled my pay and was like making good money. And and suddenly there was this like, oh, I could be a Kinko's manager and at that time make a lot of money and just kind of be set. Uh, and then I quit the job because I was like, I was like, that's not what I want to do. But there is a world where it's just like, 
I could just be like a super regular human <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who has like money in a 401k and, and retire. Jennifer, did you ever have that window where like a kind of more normal, a uh, not uh, artistic path presented itself to you that you could have taken? Mm, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm trying to, I mean, that's my problem. Um, no. And we'll talk about that later about just kind of stumbling upon a lot of creative jobs and I guess the most normal would be when I was producing at E, I'd go, you know, there at nine o'clock in the morning. I would work late hours, of course, but it was like I was going every day to my desk, writing, editing, shooting in the field. And that was that to me felt very normal and almost too stifling, which is why I, I left because mm. I wanted to be an actor. Um I guess that was the closest thing. I did work at the uh, at CBS Television City. I worked in a, the production supervisor's office for a while. Mm-hmm. And um, that was like very much like administrative duties. And that was really hard. Mm-hmm. It was really hard. It was very laborious and just, I mean, it was exciting to be able to be there and to learn a lot and, and talk with the production supervisors. But you kind of have to be a very particular type of person like a type a person might do really well in that situation with organization mm-hmm. uh i'm not so <laughs> just <laughs> i could do it you know and i but i didn't enjoy it at all so um but it was a good experience nonetheless that and that is a great distinction and i think sometimes what what can muddy us up as we as we choose different paths is what can you do versus what do you want to do is is important uh ken what is a what's a significant moment that helped lead you to where you are today and was it a big choice that you made or was it happenstance luck out of your control it just happened um i I, you know i I talked about some last week with the risks and the actual decision to to leave the the day job is 17 years to go to digital media and all that kind of stuff so i don't want to rehash that i would call that pretty big um but but even before that, I think I do have to go to, to my first steps to L.A. Um, back in 98 because I, I didn't, you know, I had the desires to get to another city. There was other cities to consider, New York, Chicago, Toronto, any, anywhere that had like an improv uh, a sketch house like mm. a second city or a ground laser or something like that. Uh, but I didn't keep it in line what I said earlier. Like I didn't know how to make that happen. Um, I didn't have a lot of help in that regard. Um, I think my parents were excited for me to, to maybe leave the house. But then again, I don't know if my mom was. <laughs> to be honest. And there was never, I had to figure it out on my own. And, and uh, I did. And the, so the, when it, when it finally, um, I had lost my radio job and I was working at the local movie theater in our town in Aurora Grande uh, festival cinemas up there. And my um, other Two friends were heading down to L.A. to Cal State Northridge and to Cal Arts to study uh, their chosen fields. And there was a chance of, all right, uh, you have nothing, right? (laughs) Like you have a $5 hour movie theater job. Uh, You can't get back into radio uh, right now. It's it's, because the market thing. I was was started in a small market in my hometown. But you're right, Jen, there's this... You know, question of if you want to be a, a baseball announcer, you, you don't go to NBC. You go to Orem, Utah, uh, right. where you call rookie right. ball. And I didn't, beyond not knowing how to do that, I didn't know if I wanted to do that. So there was a lot of that. But the the, the, uh, the decision to go to L.A., um, I always joke there was a little bit of safety in that because it was two and a half hours south of my folks. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> I did it. And I made it at one of those moments where I made a choice. 
yes, I'm doing this and figuring it out. And we're going to, you know, share a four of us going to share a three bedroom apartment and we're going to figure it out. You know, uh, that's especially at the time was a little out of character because I would have just kind of, I don't know, I guess I'll end up there someday. And the next thing you know, I never do, you know, um, that was a big moment where it was like, I, you know, I had some uh, sketch improv. Yeah, I'm going to be on Saturday Night Live. That's what I want to do. You know, uh, that you could toss that aside, but just getting there to pursue um, a creative uh, entertainment uh, artistic career uh, was the big choice. Yeah, that is huge. That is absolutely huge. Yeah, I, I think um, for myself, I uh, get into it uh, deeper on on maybe uh, other episodes, but I think uh, I had a lot of people were supportive of me getting to one level, and I very, very rarely had any sort of encouragement to be like, well, shoot mm-hmm. shoot bigger next time. It, it, I, I literally had one friend say to me, like, is this enough for you now? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that... That sticks with me. But uh, part of the reason I wanted to ask this mm-hmm. question is, uh, for me, a, a lot of where I have ended up now, including this podcast, all spirals out of one thing that uh, was not entirely under my control. So mm-hmm. I had got various uh, uh, feedback that we'll talk about more later of that. Actually, it's it's fine. Just be really good in Minneapolis, almost the market thing of like, mm. be great in a smaller market and the world will come calling. And I don't, <laughs> I think people meant well. And I think that was real bad advice, yeah. but <laughs> uh, I did my best to be, uh, you know, successful in uh, theater and comedy in Minneapolis. And uh, a, a person I'm now, uh, you know, very happy to, to call a good friend, Bill Corbett of uh, Rift Tracks and Mystery Science Theater 3000 uh, had, he, he lives in the Twin Cities because he came there for a, uh, playwriting uh, grant uh, way back when. Um, that's how he got involved with Mr. Science Theater. He we had had we had met briefly in passing at a couple things, but he'd come to my shows and, and he really liked them and he wanted to do something different and wanted to do a show at the San Francisco Sketch Fest. So he just reached out out of the blue and said, "Hey, do you want to do you want to work together and write and perform a show at Sketch Fest?" And we did. And um, uh, almost everything in my life that has happened spirals from him just reaching out and going, Hey, I'll ask this guy to do a show with me. Mm. Um, because that's what eventually caused me to move to uh, Los Angeles. There is a direct chain of me meeting Ken from that event mm-hmm. of the, the play that we ended up writing got produced by a person who happened to see a reading of it at dragon con. Uh, that person is good friends with Audrey Kearns, who is the person who had me on the, panel where uh ken and i met at los angeles uh comic-con so like there's a good possibility that if bill had not just said one day like i'll ask that scrimshaw guy Mm -hmm. that we wouldn't be doing this podcast Mm -hmm. um and i and that is it's it's both fun to think about those things that happen that are partially under your control bill reached out because i worked hard and and he noticed me Mm -hmm. but he also could have just not (laughs) (laughs) and uh where would my life be now Mm. yeah yeah, those those flap those butterfly wings are always interesting to trace. Yeah, yeah, it, pretty amazing. So, uh, for you, for you, Jennifer, do you think of a significant moment, either of choice or uh, happenstance, that led you to where you are now? What I'm discovering recently is I thought that my life had been led by by luck or chance. I kind of felt like I was Moana being guided by the ocean. I might go off course, and then the water would plop me back to where I belonged. But I actually think that that's not true. And it's something I'm learning now. I think the biggest thing was that things have happened when I have put it out there into the world about what I want to do, 
right? Or I've gotten it in, in me where I'm like, I have to create, I have to make, I have to do. That's when it might be a year later, it might be five years later, it might be a month later, that suddenly movement and things start happening, opportunities present themselves. And what what the challenge is, especially as an artist, is to, to like force yourself to put yourself out there and to do the thing. Because it's very easy to wonder and wish about, oh, I have this idea, but I don't know about executing or it's too hard or I'm just going to take classes and I'll just, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. You're ready. Do it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's something that I kind of got in a trap for a long period of time where I was like, I'm not ready or I'm not, I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy enough. And that's the kind of stuff that holds you back and then nothing happens or you're waiting for people especially as an actor to give you opportunities, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody else is going to, is going to give me my destiny. Oh my, that's like, that's just, it's death. It's death for an artist or a creative person. The key to success is making it, doing it, putting yourself out there, meeting people. Um, that's when it all happens. Mm. All right, Ken, let's mark the time and, and clip out the wonderful motivational speech. <laughs> I, I think it's extremely accurate, Jennifer. I agree with you yeah. so much. And I think that's what, where uh, I think a lot of us uh, struggle is not the, mm -hmm. is the just, just leap, just do it. And that is what makes things happen. Mm -hmm. uh, right. Not always, but nothing, certainly nothing is going to happen if you don't uh, push forward like that. Yeah. 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 It's so difficult. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to uh, flop the next two, two questions around because we're kind of on the on the topic of this other question. Ken, when mm. when you're at a crossroads type moment uh, where there are a couple different paths before you and you, you think they might lead to pretty different places, how do you go about making the decision of what path to take? Do you do you have a, any sort of system? Is it following the, the your gut, the ocean or mm. is it different depending on on the the situation. I, I do follow that, that, uh, uh, ocean in, in my gut <laughs> a lot. Um, <laughs> and, and it does, it does work, uh, despite, um, maybe staying one place too long, or there's been some decisions I didn't make that I'm glad I didn't make. We talked a lot about the risks not taken last week and, and some of those big decisions. There's a lot of times when I, when I just kind of get, you get that feeling, right. And, and we all, uh, try to, understand that explain it the best way we can i was remember i was once offered a job uh, a promotion to go to new orleans uh to be yeah. a security director and, and and it was sold to me as hey you like doing comedy in your spare time right you you know there's some clubs there and you can go be a big fish in a small pond while you're doing this job for us and, mm. and everyone in my box yeah. who knew me and who really did like me because i used to perform every year at the company christmas party and i was liked by my bosses um but but they were trying to get me to go somewhere and i remember thinking yeah, that sounds great. And then I drove home going, oh, no, that's not right. I just know it's not right. And sure enough, it was, mm. it was um, uh, post-Katrina, and it was a bad situation. And the guy who ended up taking the job lived in his office for eight to nine months. Um, and it wouldn't have been good. And I just – and not that they were lying to me. They needed someone good in the position, but you just know. So I don't necessarily have a, a system. Maybe I should. Uh, you know, the pros and cons kind of list. I just kind of get that feeling of this is right for me. Um, and, and then by the same token, I'm trying to be better at going, oh, this, this turned out to not be right for me or turned out to be something that I need to now, this change needs to change. 
Uh, and that's maybe why I stayed some places too long. Uh, also, the, it's 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 comfortable. I knew I like you, Jen. I knew from the beginning. I, I'm sure, like you, Joseph, too. Like I, I didn't I didn't want the what I called the nine to five working for the weekend life. And that's not a bad life, by the way. Uh, I have a lot of friends in that life um, and having a great time. I have a friend of mine who made some decisions, and um, you know he's he's got the kids in the nice house and takes great trips and a good job and the weekends off and he coaches baseball on Saturday and he's happy. And I know he's, happy. Mm. I would not be happy in that situation. Um, and I had to know that early on again, all these kind of feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally with you. That is, that's why I, I looked down the path of, Oh, what would it be like to work at Kinko's and just have lots of money and have everything be settled? And it was just sort of like this, <laughs> dark <Yeah>. ominous sad <laughs> my what what's my soul what's my shriveled dying soul gonna do with that 401k nothing yeah uh, yeah so i definitely definitely get you at that uh, jennifer how are you feeling about making decisions right now when you're in a crossroads uh type moment i don't trust myself i uh i think i'm a i'm like the mermaid right the kid who wants to be the mermaid i I'm like, oh, I have a steady job. I want to quit and I'm going to go for it. <laughs> be an actor. And then every time I want to get out of acting, uh, I get a ton of commercial auditions and commercials. You know, that's it's mm. a good living. So mm-hmm. I get pulled right back in. Yeah. Um, that's kind of where I am right now. So uh, and right now I feel like I'm doing a Hail Mary pass on all fronts because I'm at the point where I'm, I'm kind of tired. I'm kind of tired of this. So I got to figure out what I'm going to do. I don't, I don't know what that is. Mm. Um, I know what my heart wants to do. I know what I feel passionate about, but that doesn't mean that I can make money, make Mm -hmm. a living. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the challenge. And that's what happens as, as you get older is that those decisions are much, much scarier and you don't have as much time to dedicate to mm-hmm. having things pan out. Mm-hmm. I'd love to go intern at some places. Uh, you know, can I can I really do an internship right now? Probably not. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's, yeah. That, that side of it is very hard, too, which is a, maybe a conversation about ageism. And there's a lot of other isms out there that are, you know, should be considered as well. But going to the I, I have a friend of mine who, who a couple years ago was like, you know, I need work. I need, things aren't working out the way I thought. He's in the creative field. But he found something relatively in it in another department, the development side. And he sat really? for an interview and the, and the person in the interview was like, oh, my God, you're great. And you've done some of this stuff before. But I got to tell you, you're in your 40s and this job's kind of above you, you know, or you're kind of above the job. And I don't think you'd be right. happy. And he kept telling her, I will be happy because I want <laughs> to do this and I want to pursue this now. And she didn't hire him. And she just kept saying, nah, you, you, you're, you, you should be going for other jobs. And, and he was, I get I'm not 30. I get I'm not 24 out of college. I want mm-hmm. this job. And you're telling me I'm qualified. You're telling me I'm overqualified. And she wouldn't do it. And that's, yeah. and that's the thing to consider too, what you're talking about, Jen, of, of can you always change or try something new? Yes. But you might run into those weird obstacles that you can't get around. Yeah. We're, this I mean, is we're, very true. Yeah. We're definitely going to talk about uh, age more. Um, and I, what, you know, what I hear in that Ken is, um, uh, trying to avoid a lawsuit. Uh, yeah. I think that's a standard, not a standard. Yeah. I think that's a line that people use sometimes when they don't want to hire an older person, but they might get in trouble for saying you're too old, mm-hmm. uh, and try to talk the person into like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're too, you're too powerful. <laughs> your age has made you too mighty and you'll destroy the building with your might. Not. I don't want to be around a 40 year old because yeah. that's not hip and cool. Like, yeah. So yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll right. definitely dig you more into that. Cause that's a huge part of this roads, uh, not, not taking discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, uh, Jennifer, I, I I I love what you're saying, and I I think it's uh, it's always uh, a balance. But I think when people get older as well, when I'm at a crossroads type moment, I think now I've really been thinking about how can I balance the lesson of shoot for what you want don't uh settle you know mm-hmm. um and just even if that means whatever i'm going to take an internship but uh, my goal is this i'm going to i'm shooting for that i want to do this mm-hmm. um with but i have to eat and right. uh and i think it is easier when you're you're younger it's still a challenge um to just you know this is a part of my life where I just work really hard. I think mm-hmm. young people are still are working too hard and gig economy is not great and all that stuff. But I, I think about like, how can I balance shooting as high as possible while also enjoying the day to day of my life? I think that's mm-hmm. the hardest balance to, to figure out. I'm going to shoot mm-hmm. for this, but then if it doesn't work out and I, if I, if I try it something for five years, will I look back and still go, Hey, but I'm in, but I've enjoyed my day to day life. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. A big challenge. Uh, and with that, I think we're going to uh, take a quick break and we're going to be back uh talk about some age stuff, some family stuff. Lots of easy topics in just a moment. <laughs> <laughs> Before we do that, we're going to give you a free audiobook uh, recommendation here. Uh, and I'm going to choose this one here. The Comedians, Drunks, Thieves, Scoundrels and the History of American Comedy by Cliff Nesterhoff. It is a spectacular a deep dive into the history of comedy a lot of focus on stand-up going back to 1860s and you will see in it some reoccurring themes where a lot of people feel society has changed and therefore there's a war on comedy and that's not true and this is a wonderful book to explore all that the actual history of this uh, art that uh, well we have all pursued in some way or another and are continuing to pursue uh check it out uh the comedians by cliff nesterhoff uh by downloading your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash four center again that's audibletrial.com slash four center for your free audiobook all right quick break on the other side we're going to still explore those past not taken This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We are back here to Other Center, the main show, episode 605 in an ongoing series of Four Center and Other Center here. Uh, Joseph, we're having a lot of fun. I hope I didn't turn it too dark too early, um, but there's <laughs> a lot of joy in all these things as well. Sometimes having a Saturday off is a great thing for me. No, it should be dark early, dark in the middle, and uh, <laughs> dark at the end. No, no, it's honest. Honest is is what matters. And it, it is not dark, and I don't, I don't think you're... Um, you're alone uh, about uh, having not just a rosy picture of what you might be. And so I think it is a great, a great place to start uh, with that reality. Mm-hmm. Um, so want to talk a little bit uh, about we've, we're focusing, I think, a lot on career stuff, but roads not taken also really means uh, personal choices. And maybe we can talk about some of these things more later if we want, because they're big topics. Uh, but the three of us all kind of have different uh, different kinds of, of family of choice uh, that we have made. Ken, you are in a, a long-term committed uh, uh, relationship uh, on the technical level, engaged, uh, as you've mentioned. Uh, uh, I'm married but don't have kids. Uh, Ken, as far as I, I know, you don't have kids. <laughs> as far as I know, I don't have kids, yes. <laughs> uh, Jen, married and with kids. Uh, Jen, I want to start with you. Were those and I know this is a huge question, but were those major family di- decisions difficult? Uh, the, the decision to choose your, your, your husband, the decision to have kids, were those difficult or did you feel like, yep, these are the things I've always wanted and, and this is the road I've always intended to take? Yeah, I think I always envisioned myself getting married, having kids, and I had terrible dating history. But when I met my husband, it was just like easy. And that was my clue where I was like, oh, this this is a healthy relationship. This is how it's supposed to be. <laughs> so that worked out great. And then um, and then we, we had talked about having kids and it just happened really fast. Uh, mm. I was not prepared for that. Uh, mm. So, <laughs> um, but it was, yeah, it. We knew we wanted to have that. What I didn't know was how much time children take. (laughs) I love my kids. I love them. 
But oh my gosh, like they have enriched me as, as an actor. They have enriched me. They've unlocked emotions I did not know mm. that were there. Mm. What I've come to learn, which I've now been seeing a lot of this on TikTok and Instagram, is a lot of us parents realize that we have ADHD or some form, we're like neurodivergent, and we've had all these coping mechanisms in place until we have children mm. and suddenly all these coping mechanisms we they go they go you can't you can't have them anymore and our world is disrupted and for the first time i'm like i think i have adhd i'd never thought that in my life mm. until after i had children and i'm realizing all the things the the careful world that i had built right my systems in place mm. <laughs> kids gum and they're like like godzilla <laughs> wrecking it all and so i struggle with it every day and you know uh, i it really is a challenge on top of being an artist and the, the for an artist we need time whether you're a writer or a painter or an actor mm. time is is the way that you create and you don't have that but in some sense it's good because i have a finite amount of time i have to have time management which i've never had in the past so i know when the kids are at school i have to get it done if it doesn't get done then that's my fault right so oh mm. mm. yeah kids are are a joy but oof, it's a lot <laughs> uh and and ken for you i know we've we've discussed the the wonderful uh stories of of you and grace meeting Re was getting into a committed relationship was that something that you you struggled to picture or did that also feel like it had just the sort of like Everybody grows up and has has uh, gets married and has kids. That'll happen to me too. I mean, there's a little bit of that that will happen to me too. And then I was, uh, you know, a lonely lad. And 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 again, going that thing. Even we talk about career choices. If you want to be an accountant, you need to go study and train and and become an accountant. You don't just wander into the job, right? So same with relationships and and a lot of self care and self growth. And um, I I didn't have a lot of that early on. And um you know, struggled to figure that out because I didn't, I didn't believe in myself. I didn't believe I belonged whether on a comedy stage or on a date. I didn't believe I belonged there. And that's mm. been a recurring, recurring theme in, in my life a long time. So then when it started, it seemed like it wasn't going to happen. Um, there was still, I did have, you know, relationships along the way. So by the, but before that happened, I just was lost. I didn't know how. I, I just figured it just happened, right? And so <laughs> then it started to happen. Um, but then I, I discovered once I got into some relationships, um, good ones. I've I've been fortunate to not have horrible ones. And my first actual relationship was a two month, just crazy. I couldn't believe it. I was so untrained and naive to have a relationship. <laughs> like I'll tell you off there the stuff that went on where I was just like, mm -hmm. I can't believe I, what that was happening. She had a drug dealer. What is that? Um, what? Oh, there's a whole, my car got taken. It was, it was, it's a, oh it's my a comedy gosh. movie. Uh, I'll, I'll send Joseph to write a script from 74 hours. <laughs> um, but once I actually got in the relationships, I realized some things. Uh, I always thought I wanted kids. And then when my career didn't go right away the way I wanted to, or things were changing, I realized kind of what, you know, not to the full degree that you're talking about, Jen, but of like, hey, that this could potentially change if I have a kid. Mm -hmm. And then I always seem to be with partners that um, did not want kids. Um, one, then I did date uh, a mother. It was great, but it was a weird situation. I wasn't around her, her child for a lot of reasons. Um, all good, by the way, but um, it was just like 
I didn't get to experience that side of it. And uh, now I'm in a relationship where, where kids kids are off the table. It's not on the plan. And I'm, I'm okay with it. Uh, there's always that 2% of, well, you make a decision and, and this is it. This sticks. But uh, my uh, aunt and now late uncle did not have uh, kids, my dad's brother. And I had asked um, both of them once. And my uncle passed away in 2012. I asked my aunt after, do you regret not having children? And, and she said, I, I, not for a second. Not for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, wasn't the life I wanted. Um, where other people, you know, have tried. So my other aunt and uncle, uh, my uncle got remarried and, and my aunt, that, that she, it's all she wanted was kids and couldn't get pregnant. And they finally did. And my, my, my twin cousins um, who are now in their early 30s, they're not kids anymore. Um, so it's two sides of it. But I was always, I, I was surprised I ended up where I'm at. Um, but I think that goes to the, I just thought that stuff happened, right? What you're talking about, Joe. Mm-hmm. You just get married, you get the job, you get the kids. I just thought that's what happens. And then when I realized, no, that doesn't have to happen. You have some choice over that. Uh, maybe, right. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> you have some choice over where you want to go with that. Then I saw other options and I liked the other options once they emerged. And that's where I ended up. Yeah. No, I think that's a, a really good path uh, in, in a really good uh, thinking through how you ended up where you are from just the general societal, like, yeah, we, that's the, that's the super straightforward thing to do that many people do get, get mm-hmm. married and have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you see that modeled, uh, a, a lot. Um, so the parts of it that are active decision-making <laughs> and the parts of it that are surprises are, are really important. Uh, I think for me, uh, similar, uh, dating path of being, uh, <laughs> desperately lonely. And, uh, yes, I think back to kind of early, uh, relationships with girlfriends and def- they're definitely all, you know, r- really not great, you know, uh, mm-hmm. early two thousands <laughs> dating comedies like, mm-hmm. yeah, those, that, that was a dumb choice. That was a weird thing to say. Um, <laughs> but I really, I really, really, really wanted a, to be in a relationship. It occupied so much of my mental and emotional mm-hmm. energy. Um, and I had a, a, a good relationship. I mentioned before, uh, lived with a woman, uh, we were, uh, briefly engaged. Uh, it didn't work out. We're, you know, great friends. Um, but that was, you know, kind of my first step into like, Oh, li- actual relationship, get, get beyond, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, what society tells you it is or whatever weird baggage you've got from your favorite movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is uh, a real human, uh, relationship. Yep. yep. Uh, and then very similar to you, Jennifer, when, when Sarah and I just started dating, it was like there, this is just wonderful and easy and people say what they mean this is an absolute <laughs> right. easiest choice in my life yeah. um and and uh uh mm. sometimes um uh the 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 uh, amount that uh my wife was just like yep let's do it let's get married we got married real quick um mm. i sometimes look back and like she doesn't always make decisions that fast. I'm extremely <laughs> lucky <laughs> that she was like, yes. So the getting married was, it, it almost, it, I wanted it. I was trying to date, but it also just did happen. I just found a, a partner and we loved each other. And it was like, oh, hey, it all worked out. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. the myths are true. Mm-hmm. And then the kids thing has been much, much more uh, uh, difficult with, uh, you know, really vacillating back and forth. Uh, about what it was and and we can use this to segue into the to the next conversation mm-hmm. i think really wrestling but between career stuff and kids um really is what got me to sort of start thinking about i need to think of my life as 
I am someone who wants to live a minimum of eight different lives in mm-hmm. the lifetime I have. And mm. I can't. Yeah. And I have to acknowledge that. And, you know, kids are probably not uh, going to happen. And there are some days where I'm like, thank goodness, that's mm-hmm. not the life I want. And then there are some <laughs> days where I'm just like, but I always pictured it. And mm-hmm. uh, I want that I want this part of my my wife and I to continue yeah. uh, in days where I feel real, real sad about it. Um, but it helps me a lot to just accept it as, uh, yep, that's a road not taken and that's, that's okay. Um, so, so I want to ask you both how you, how you feel about it, because it's been a huge thing for me to, uh, deal with some of my anxiety about choosing paths is just accepting the reality that we can only choose so many. And for some of the big things, it's helped me go from a sort of anger and shame that I should have done this. I should have been better Mm -hmm. at that to just, instead of anger and shame, just, just letting it be wistful and melancholy and just sometimes, you know, staring off into the horizon and going, there's some other universe out there with, you know, uh, (laughs) Joseph, who's a therapist and has three kids. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, that could have been a great life, but I can't choose everything. And it's helped me to just let it be a little, a little wistful rather than beating myself up. Uh, So that's what I want to ask you both about Jennifer. Do you think, accepting the reality that we can only make so many choices in our lifetime. Does that help you with decision-making? I don't want to believe it. That's what my, (laughs) (laughs) that's my struggle. And I've had a lot of conversations with my husband and my therapist about this because I did sacrifice my professional career Mm -hmm. because I had two kids. I could have had one. We had two. Uh, And it really was the second one, especially during the pandemic, where it was like, wow, okay, this is a whole other life. You could kind of hang on to a little bit of your old life if you have one kid. Mm. When you have two, you're all in. And and so that's that's been a huge realization. And so as I've been trying to figure out my next moves career-wise, my husband's like, it's okay. You chose to, to be a mom and, you know, do your acting and all that stuff too. He's like, but you really did sacrifice. You sacrificed for our family. Oh, it's going to get me emotional, but it's, um, yeah, it is a sacrifice. So that's why if you don't want to have kids, if you're listening, it's okay. It's okay. Don't let society tell you that, that you have to have children because it is a tremendous sacrifice. And I'm thankful that, that younger people nowadays are making that choice for themselves rather than feeling this pressure from their families or society of this is what you have to do. Mm. You don't have to do it. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, do whatever you want, or if you want to have kids, go for it. But yeah, it is, it is a path that I chose. And so, um, mm-hmm. so this is, this is the path that I'm on. That's yeah. Yeah. Well, well said. And, and I think <laughs> great for people to hear it from all perspectives, because I think there can be so much, you know, different pressure that people encounter from parents, from just like uh, follow the life plan from, you know, I have certainly encountered people who have kids who are sort of like your life is complete. You you won't experience actual life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've certainly encountered people who don't have kids who are like breeders everywhere, having way too many kids <laughs> and the world needs like, I, I have, you know, uh, encountered both extremes of, of people being extremely passionate about their opinion. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and I think it's great what you said, Jennifer, that is, is so, uh, 
kind and thoughtful about people being realistic about the decision, but but making it for themselves with as much uh, uh, clarity about what they want as possible. Yeah. And there are some, you know, doctors and lawyers at, at my daughter's schools and they have full on freaking careers and they're in the PTA and they are incredible and they have three kids. So that's possible too. I, I, that's just not me as I've learned. Uh, maybe that's my ADHD wanting to do a million things at once, but yeah, you, you can have a career and kids, uh, but everyone's different. So. Yeah. How, how many that's nannies a- do they have? How many nannies are they employed? But they, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very true. Very yeah. True. That- Tutors and whatnot. Yeah. That's the other thing is money makes everything easier. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I think right. for, for, you know, for us at different points, that has definitely been, you know, a part of the equation of, you know, do we have enough money to just make problems go away? You know, it's mm-hmm. the yeah. huge difference of like, well, we got two cars or if the car breaks, we, we, we pay for it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, right. you know, money and time, big things. Uh, mm-hmm. Ken, how, how about you? Do, does accepting that you can only make so many choices help or does it actually cause more anxiety? No, I, no, I like that. I, it's the be here now philosophy. Uh, uh, and I, 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 my default position is melancholy and whimsical. And, whimsical. Uh, and, and, but I think I, you know, I described last week, uh, my first trip to New York, I just kind of crying before the 30 rock building in New York and realizing uh, I, I was the one who caused that to fail because I just didn't try and all and, and that was an acceptance point and I felt good going forward and a lot of great things happened after that letting go some of, of some of the anxiety over things that you didn't do not so much the failure failure is one thing you know like mm-hmm. I tried out for that baseball team and I was in the batting cage and I looked up and I saw the coaches had their backs to me and I knew I wasn't going to make the team at that moment in time. <laughs> um, but I did it I was there uh, and and uh, that's that's a different feeling versus um uh, not making the choice or not giving yourself the chance. And, and yeah, but be here now. It's the only thing I think I can do is, is um, try to take the lessons forward, try to find myself here and try to break the habits. To me, the, the, the breaking the, 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 just who we are, you know, those personal themes and the things we keep coming mm. back to and, and how I remember a project I quit in the eighth grade that I quit out of fear, laziness, uh, and was uh, not encouraged to, to try harder, you know, and I, I quit and it was a project with a friend of mine and um, he ended up winning the entire, it was a con- contest thing uh, through schools, like a, a play. He ended up winning the whole thing and I didn't not only not win, I didn't go to DC to take the trip with him and I didn't do any of that. <laughs> and I remember thinking, well, all right, I failed there. I didn't make, you know, and, and I, I just didn't process it. Right. And I, and mm-hmm. I let that pattern repeat. I let that pattern repeat. So part of my be here now is we are here now and let's analyze what we can do going forward and what you really want to do. Uh, and mm-hmm. as far as the kid thing, you know, the family thing, it, it, yeah, it, it, it can be difficult. And I'll tell you what though, I've, I've, uh, number one, your, your perspective, Jen, as, as a mother, as, as a woman in this world, is, is tremendously more uh, valuable than ours over this discussion. Uh, it's going to mm-hmm. hit you absolutely harder than it will ever hit uh, a man in the situation, uh, unfortunately, and, and just truthfully. Um, but I have a lot of respect for where you are and where you're at, including your struggles with it, versus I never trusted my friends and I had them who were like, well, okay, we're going to get married at 22. We have to have our first kid by 23. Our second kid <laughs> 25. And I had friends like that. We're like, we're, my cousins did that. They had they got married at 20 and they had three kids by 23. And mm. now they're enjoying a little bit more of an adult life now. And they're, and they're right. Things. But it was this weird mechanical check of the box that I never trusted. And it's for mm. them. And I'm not gonna like you, Joseph. I don't I don't want to wade too much into those uh those damn breeders. I, I don't like that. <laughs> okay. Uh my first real serious girlfriend 
hated the idea of kids to the point where I once almost had a fist fight a comedian because she had insulted him before the show and he went after her on stage and oh, dropped geez. dropped the C word on her and all this kind of stuff. And I, oh. I, I was going to have to fist fight this guy I knew for a long time. Um, that started from her just insulting his desire to have <laughs> kids and a marriage with his, his fiance. <laughs> So now she is married with two kids and living in Virginia and is very happy, but also honest about some of the struggles. Um, anyways, I don't want to get off the, the, the. Yeah. Well, we can, this is definitely something that we could talk about uh, more. It's kind of a, mm-hmm. a big topic. So we, we can mm-hmm. uh, maybe, maybe revisit and examine <laughs> yep. uh, more aspects of it. Uh, and speaking of uh, big topics, uh, do want to talk about age because I also think it, when you're choosing different paths, there's a lot of anxiety about age. Um, I think a lot of us do get pressure, uh, sometimes external, sometimes from ourselves, like the couple that you were talking about, Ken, mm-hmm. uh, that we mm-hmm. think we're supposed to be at a certain place in our lives by a certain time. Uh, mm-hmm. Ken, when was the first time you felt that you were too old to take a specific path? And uh, uh, were you right or was it uh, bullshit placed on you by society? Bullshit, mm-hmm. 25 25 and, <gasps> 25? I, and I, I, I don't, this isn't a direct finger pointing at it, but I was, you know, was and still am a big sports fan, uh, was still am a big music fan. And I, it's not when you're watching sports and the age, the age things changed a little bit in sports because of the way they athletes can handle their bodies uh, and train them and, and keep them in shape. But like, you know, you used to read articles of like, well, he's 27 now is <laughs> he can't pitch like he used to. And so that got mm. me mad because I wanted to be a player. So it was like, oh, if I'm not in the major leagues by 22, I'm done. Right. And then uh, so the music, the old, the old joke of like, you know, Sar- the Beatles did Sergeant Pepper. They were all like 25, 26. Like, what have you done with your life? You know, and <laughs> I used to internalize that a lot. Mm. You absolutely internalize that a lot. And, and, and there's uh, unfortunately some truth to those and various things we were talking about that earlier, but uh, I'm in a, I've, I've removed some of those age boundaries as best I can. They, they still uh, hit in a place. But like, I remember, uh, you know, I've mentioned this before, but discussing with my buddy, Scott Mance, when all this digital media stuff started springing up 10 years ago. And I was like, I don't know. And I was kind of being negative about, you know, talking Star Wars. And I was like, I don't know, Scott, I, I can't be 50 talking Star Wars, right? Meaning that doesn't seem like a thing. Mm. And Scott literally looked at me and went, well, why not? <laughs> <laughs> we haven't gotten there yet. You know, we don't know that. Why wouldn't, why, why? Star Wars is still a thing. You know, Star Wars itself is now 50 years old. Like, why? You know, mm-hmm. 50, why, why? And, and I remember thinking, yeah, I guess you're right. Um, and that's changed a lot too. So yeah, trying to take those boundaries of age off on all sides of the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it is just always a, a pressure from just uh, certainly American society in general. I've had a, a stand up joke that there are only three ages in America, not as old as you want to be, 25 and might as well be dead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which exactly. is, I think, the way you're often yeah. uh, uh, made to feel. Uh, I think, uh, and I think there are there obviously, there are some things with like sports or other physical, uh, really, really mm-hmm. physical professions mm-hmm. where age does start to, cut you off and yep. if you want to be an actor yep like unless you want to do a, a a real real crazy uh take you know you got to be a certain age to play certain characters um uh mm-hmm. not everybody you can be steve buscemi and you can be a kid at <laughs> 59 <laughs> in a 30 rock bit um <laughs> but i remember telling my my girlfriend at the time uh, i think i would had just turned 26 and i was really depressed because i could still do comedy 
but it's getting too old to be the young, wild comedian. Right. Mm. <laughs> and he's like, that, that window is closing. And she's like, well, you know, you, they, you like Phil Hartman, right? And like, yeah. Like, we, you, that, you know, people can keep doing comedy. It's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that was one of the first, like, um, oh, I'm, I'm timing out. And, and, uh, I talk about it a lot, I, I think on, on podcasts and with friends, uh, because I always struggle with it. And I'm now I'm getting the thing on Facebook where photos are popping up from about 10 years ago. Uh, been in LA in March for 10 years mm. and the photos pop up and I'm like, I look so young and I felt <laughs> so old oh, yeah. and so afraid of my age. And, and I'm really trying to use that to, to help me of like, okay, don't, don't repeat the cycle again in, mm-hmm. in, in 10 years. So yeah. I, for me, it's just, it is an ongoing battle to just say, if you're alive, you still have paths and you got to be realistic about it. If there's, there's some, some paths that are going to be harder, uh, because of age, but if you're alive, the path is open, mm-hmm. uh, and mm. trying to be more, uh, trying to convince myself of that and talk myself of into that every day. Mm. Uh, yeah. how do you feel uh, about, uh, about how age relates to choices, Jen? It's interesting because when I look at job boards, it seems pretty clear that if I was a younger person just coming out of college, I would know a lot of the lingo or the tools that people are using in these jobs. So I do feel because of my age uh, and because I've been kind of disconnected from that professional world that uh, it's harder. And I know like what what you were saying, Ken, I'm sure that there might be some resistance if I went to an interview Mm. based on my age people just like to tend to hire younger people because they mm-hmm. feel that they're more malleable or they feel like they can take advantage of them more right because they're yeah or because they don't have families and so yeah, yeah. that's something that i know i'm gonna battle but at the same time what's interesting is that online it feels like uh, i don't want to say older people as older people but it does feel like they're um there's a more vocal online community of older people from our generation and even a little bit younger say, no, we, we have buying power. We do care about these things. We are engaged online. There, there is an audience to talk to. Um, And I've certainly seen that with TikTok of all places where I've been talking more about eighties and nineties things. And I am getting so many comments from women my age and even older. And that is fascinating that I feel like things have really shifted in recent years because for a long time, I always felt like I was um, trying to speak to younger people. Mm. And now I feel like I'm talking to people my age and that's really exciting. Mm -hmm. And that to me is where I want to be. So that's, that's my challenge is I want to stay online. uh, But a lot of online companies want younger people. So I don't Mm. know. I don't know what the answer is, but I think it's just this weird, it it can be like this weird vicious circle where, where because so much uh, marketing in America has been so obsessively youth centric Mm -hmm. that I think there's something like a knee jerk thing of like, but if we, but if our company, if our hip <laughs> software company has a bunch of 40 or 50 year olds in it, we somehow won't be hip. Right. And like, almost like this, I, I think the, the marketing, uh, uh, the way we talk about youth and advertising, where everything needs to be associated with the young and the shiny, mm-hmm. um, almost seeps down to almost an irrational level where mm-hmm. some of that is just like, but, but if old person around, not as good, <laughs> it's not mm-hmm. even rational. 
It's yeah. such an old school mindset, right? Like uh, that, you know, we look at our generation where we brought back the, the comic book movies and all these, <laughs> all these fandoms really. So, and there is value in the fact that we actually experienced it. We're like cultural historians. We lived it. <laughs> right. I mean, but it's, it's true. I remember when I was at E and in my twenties and there were like 40 and 50 year olds, they were seen as old geezers mm-hmm. uh you know which is just shocking to think now which yeah. is probably still the case at e but yeah no we have a lot of lot of value that we bring yeah well yeah. It, it's it's funny you talk about like just w- weird societal pressure some of it comes from I, I will say good spot like two of my favorite little sketches you know all through the years are molly shannon's you know i'm 50 and then the, oh, the yeah. kid in the hall he's hip he's cool he's 45 and uh, where you're <laughs> like you know <laughs> Oh, look at this. They're making fun of the old person that thinks they're young, you know, and Molly Shannon has well shot beyond that age, uh, you know, as of all the kids in the hall and, and as me, you know, it's, it's, uh, I, uh, I am, uh, two, three years past that sketch and it's just, you know, at the time you don't think that's even possible age. Mm-hmm. I'll try to remember to write that down. This is a great other center topic. The, uh, delicate art of being honest about your age while still engaging in modern society Without pulling a, how do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> what's what's right. your new hip word? I'm going to ruin it. <laughs> right. Fascinating conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that spirit of the, the many uh, roads that we could still all take, uh, Jen, what choices do you feel are in, in, front of, uh, in front of you right now? Oh, I think it's yet to be written. Uh, I have a lot of have a lot of ideas. That's for sure. I am an ideas person. So being able, and I'm actually backlogged right now with my content. I've shot so much, and I have yet to edit it. That's great. So yeah, well, uh, so <laughs> not the editing, but that, that, it's amazing to be ahead on content. Right, right. So I have a lot of ideas. I want to build a studio in my garage. That's a project my husband and I really want to work on. Um, I saw I was doing the Furby research and I love researching doing these deep dives. And uh, I was studying about the North American International Toy Fair in New York. And I really would love to go in 2025 and report Mm -hmm. on the upcoming toys. What's going to be hot? I just I love toys. I love collectibles. It's something that I'd like to explore further. Mm. Oh, I love that. Mm. I, I had written as a joke um, a few years back. I had uh, I had worked on it's a long story, so I won't go into it. Anyway, it's working on a, a kind of a multiverse story of all the different things I could could have been. Uh, and one of them was a, a professional toy collector. And now that really is a thing. <laughs> it right. really is right. Yeah. Mm. So maybe maybe that's the pivot I'll make. I'm going to be a professional toy collector. Uh, <laughs> Ken, how about you? What do you feel? What choices do you feel are in in front of you right now? What roads are you looking at? Uh, to, 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 to be it, <laughs> to believe, um, mm. uh, I've have some individual, you know, specific ideas that I'm working on and things that are happening. And, 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 I, you know, I might need to figure out a job situation soon on the side here, replace that. Um, but I, I said something to you a couple of times, Joseph, over off air stuff of, um, whether I'm working for, when I was working for fandom or recently I was working for new rock stars and, uh, you know, you get a writing assignment and I would put hours of work into it and get paid but then the video would go out and i it's not mine i don't see it even it's got my voice and name on it it's not mine it's the company's and i just did it at a um and i would tell you like man it's so f- why can't i do that for my own stuff stuff right <laughs> hours of work why do i have to have someone else to tell me to do it now i work hard and i spend a lot of time on things 
But why can't I put some of that energy and structure into other things I'm doing? And that's where I'm at right now. All the mm. specific ideas I have and things I'm working on, I'm always going to take a shot. And I'm always going to be a little spread, not too thin, but, you know, I, 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 I want to write a book of poetry in 2024. I want to, I'm releasing some songs that I co-wrote very soon. I got the album out, which was a big step, not for getting an album out. Yay, I, I'm a comic with a thing. But like, I used to put all the obstacles and excuses in front of me towards doing mm. something like that. And it all boils down to um, believing not in yourself, but believing that you're good enough or that you belong here. My biggest thing is with every choice is I feel maybe in the back of my head, I don't belong here. Um, and sometimes it comes through. I believe I belong in podcasting, but, but you know, even then that's come with the struggles, but comedy, uh, writing, um, putting videos out, putting more of myself out there like you, Jen, of, of getting a studio built was a big thing for me. Because the excuse I'd put in front of myself was, well, I don't know what chord to get. So therefore, I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> belong in those studios that everyone else has. And I had a great uh, set of shows in New York, but my good buddy, uh, John Mariano, uh, Four Center, other Center listeners as well, he just looked at me in, in the eyes in the bar and said, your biggest issue all the time is you just don't believe in yourself. You mm. are great on that stage and you belong there. You don't believe it. And, and he's right. And that's the struggle. I walk into comedy clubs and I look around and I go, I hope no one uncovers that I'm here. I hope no yeah. one spins around on me and says, you're not a comic. What are you in this green room? And, and that's a little nagging voice that goes back to my childhood. So the steps forward are no longer um, letting those excuses line up in front of me. I'm going to believe that I belong here. The success after the oodles of cash, I'm sure will roll. <laughs> um, that's, that's, that's to be cited on another day. But what's got to be yeah. decided right now is belief. And I think I believe in you. <laughs> I, I, I mean, honestly, Ken, I see you as such a success and I'm always, I'm always so inspired because you are always doing things and, and you are always, you're, so, uh, you're always helping people, which is such a wonderful I do quality. Like and I like coaching. <laughs> but in an industry where people are so selfish and so self-centered and really ruthless, you are always the first person to let, I mean, you've brought so many opportunities into my life because you're like, Hey, I know somebody, Hey, like you're always extending favors for other people. And I thank you. And I'm sure so many of us thank you for, for that. And you've such a big heart and you're so gosh, dang talented. I, oh my gosh. I will not make so talented. a snarky joke to deflect. I would just say, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ken, how do you, how do you, uh, how do you, um, wrestle with this uh i'm trying to think of the right word for it kind of dichotomy i think because of of the the things you've gone through in your life that you've talked about of you know uh depression and uh family issues and you know internalizing uh, the sort of negative criticisms you have a sense of humor and a underdog charm mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. you you make jokes uh, you know uh, you know at your own expense which mm-hmm. is great we all do but 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 there is a image of you as a comic underdog mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but i've seen it in person mm-hmm. people come up to you and and compliment you and ask you for advice and mm-hmm. mentorship mm-hmm. and it's it's a it's a weird position to be in. I'm always fascinated with it because 
my deep love of Frank Sinatra, he was the most successful uh, any living human had been in the 1940s. It fell apart. He hit rock bottom where he, where he walked, he literally walked on the streets and nobody wanted to talk to him. And then he made this triumphant comeback and became even more successful than he had ever been. Mm-hmm. And through his whole career, he was able to, to kind of straddle this world where like, yes, I am the most, one of the most successful humans to ever walk the earth. But since everybody saw me fall, I also have this like, but I'm, but I'm one of you. I'm an underdog, mm-hmm. you know, root for me, <laughs> uh, you know, right. but help out poor Frank Sinatra, <laughs> the underdog. You know, one of the most famous, successful people ever. <laughs> and sometimes I, it, it's interesting to watch you at like a convention where I know you are you are feeling real feelings, uh-huh. but you're you're in, in, inhabiting this space where you're both an underdog that people mm-hmm. want to help, but also come to for advice and mentorship. Do you ever think about that perspective of yourself or that sort of dichotomy? I think I do. Often I give uh, advice to younger podcasters or YouTubers or just folks and just big. I, I say, don't be like me, right? <laughs> like, don't. Uh, that might be to what you're talking about, about belief. Yeah, no, it's weird. I, I, I once, uh, there was a great interview with Will Forte on Marin years ago, and they were talking about this kind of stuff. And, you know, I, I've been around Mark enough on the, on the comedy store patio to know that he is truly grumpy. That is not an act. Um, right. <laughs> down to his mm-hmm. core. Uh, but he had a great conversation about that, self-doubt and everything, talking about Will Forte. Will Forte is someone I, I looked up to for years. Um and coming out of the groundling system. And, and, and Will said, you know, on the surface, I believe in myself on a level that's so uh, egotastical that it's almost comical. Mm-hmm. But on a level below, I know that I'm a complete bag of shit and mm. that none of it is, is that's a lie. But he goes, then there's a third level that mean, knows that maybe that's not true. <laughs> and, and I remember hearing that. And I'm paraphrasing a bit, but I was like, "Ah, oh, yeah." And that's and 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 self self loathing and self deprecating humor is never going to leave me because um, I never want to number one believe my own hype. But I also think it's just like this is my experience, and a lot of that is like it's it's who I am, and this is my experience of the world. And maybe you can hop on the train. Uh, but there was a song lyric I just heard the other day. Uh, on, on my playing my 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 radio show and and the first line is uh, self loathing is a form of self obsession and oh. I really was like yeah that's true that's really true it, 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 you know self loathing when pushed too far is just you consistently looking inward and ripping mm. it apart to where you're 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 obsessed with yourself in in a, in a dark twisted way and I'm trying to work past that um, I don't know what that looks like humor wise. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I figure that out, but yeah, no, I I can't. I don't have a, a great answer for it, Joseph, other than you, you're 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 right as as always. You could have been a therapist with three kids. Um, <laughs> no, um, I'm trying to figure that out as I go forward uh, and and rediscover myself. Yeah, mm. no, it makes a lot of sense. And in, in in your comedy, you know, you've been doing a great job uh, working through all all those le- levels of mm-hmm. of uh, self realization. <laughs> yeah, uh, mm. and. Yeah, and I, I, yeah, I think it's great that you bring up um, Will Forte and comedians in general because I think it, that's all, all often uh, this sort of high wire act mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. you know of uh, certainly of of comedians where you know they'll have these sets about how awful their life is like <laughs> in this beautiful theater where you've reached the, with right. you know five thousand people like yes please tell me how much you know like <laughs> yeah. it's always a little bit of an awkward uh, thing and in, in the famous sort of rock star second album where like. The first album is is full of like these are the actual bad things that happened to me in my youth and in my small town. And then mm-hmm. I remember being a kid and being like, 
I'm listening to Metallica's like fifth album. They tour the world internationally, <laughs> and I'm listening to a song about how their parents won't let them do things. <laughs> yeah. This is, is it, it's, it's it, in, yeah. in order to it, it's a, it's an interesting thing to to attain any level of success and and still speak to the the human truths that we have that we don't that we still feel all of the shame and fear and yeah. all that, you know, so it remains yeah. relatable. Yeah. Right. So true. Oasis, Oasis hits the scene. Like we got to get out of Manchester. And then the third album was everyone's taking our cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> right. I sometimes think oh, that's no. like some of the appeal of say like a, a David Bowie or Prince or like, mm-hmm. yes, I am an ethereal God. That's what all my albums are going to be about. They're about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, I think uh, for myself, and just keep this short because we're we're going long. I think uh, um, paths in front of myself. I'm I'm trying to reckon with the fact that I want to do lots of things, and I and I want to, as you said, Jennifer, early on. I think it's really important to use your skills to share them with the world. I don't think it is just egotistical. I think we're all we're all bettered by seeing one another's mm-hmm. work. And, and mm-hmm. seeing the inspiration of creativity or the difference of creativity. My life is made better by our, our random Furby video uh, that, <laughs> that makes me happy and makes me think about something else and makes me, I just think it's joyful to see people using the skills that, that they have. It just makes me feel alive to see other mm-hmm. people do it. So yeah. I really feel bad about skills that I feel like I, I, I have that skill. Other people can judge whether it's good or not for them, but I want to use it. So uh, part of the reason of trying to focus on filmmaking is that it's uh, the way to use is many different things that I'm interested in. So mm-hmm. I'm really trying to focus on that. I'm really trying to be aware of having uh, maybe tried to do too many things at a time. I had a really nice conversation with some old friends in Portland last weekend where they're asking me about doing more performing. And it's like, I, I love to. There was a time in my life where I thought if I, if I go a month without performing, I will not be myself and mm-hmm. I will fold up and die. Um, and, and I'm not performing much at all, that it's a choice because I want to focus on the filmmaking and that it was, <laughs> they were being really nice and encouraging me. Like, well, couldn't you just hire someone to book some shows? And then you don't have them. That, <laughs> I would just want to be like, stop being nice. I'm trying to make a choice. I'm trying to focus. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Hard we- to focus. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we talk about the galaxy far, far away, we often talk about its themes of, uh, mentorship and guidance that has popped up in our discussion here. Uh, Jennifer, if a 20-year-old came to you and wanted your advice on how to choose paths, what might you say to that 20-year-old? I would say if you want to do anything creative, the best thing you can do is do it. Um, You can take classes, sure. But like I said before, don't get too comfortable being in the class environment because that can trick your brain into thinking that you're actually doing the work but you're not actually necessarily doing the work. You're honing your craft, but you need to go out into the world and make it. And whether that's a short film with friends or painting or whatever it is that you want to be doing, uh, you have to do it. Um, Another thing I would recommend is if they want to be creative to get in marketing or a business class. Now that's a class Mm -hmm. I think every artist should take because that is the challenge is so many of us want to make our art and then it's like okay now what how do i get this so that people can see it and people can experience it Mm. um we have to get used to marketing ourselves and finances and all that all that stuff that i i know i have difficulty with 
Okay. Well, to play the underdog card, um, Ken and I, are, our answers are not going to be as good as that. That was a perfect <laughs> answer. <laughs> no, it's so practical. So oh. practical. Um, I'll, I'll share some thoughts and, and we'll, we'll end uh, with uh, with Coach Ken's uh, mentorship. You actually do spend a lot of time mentoring people. Um, I, I think uh, for for myself, I always want to try to, when, when I've had the opportunity to, to talk to people, uh, who are younger than me and trying to figure things out, I think it is a battle to be honest with yourself of what do you really, really want? Um, what's your goal in doing this? You know, could be particularly when you get into like creative stuff, you know, sometimes people are just like, I want to be famous. Like that's my goal period. Or mm-hmm. I just, I just want to make a bare minimum living at this or that. And I think figuring out what people truly want, um, you know, because it's so much easier now than it's ever been to play the comparison game mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and to just go on social media and you see a person with a shiny thing and you go, well, that looks cool. I want that mm-hmm. <laughs> and not really ask yourself, but, but do you really, is that what, really what you want? So I think it's always great to start with what do you really want? And then, um, I think, uh, I, I like to try to encourage people to aim high because there, there's no, it doesn't hurt to just go, what, what is the, the biggest, most difficult thing you want? Why not start out trying for that? Um, cause I think a lot of people try to tell you like, start real small, stay in your lane. Mm-hmm. Um, and why not just, Hey, if you, in some of it's practical of like, yeah, you, you got to start in a small market. That might be utterly true for that specific profession. Mm-hmm. You could still go with it of like, yep. And I'm only going to stay in that small market for six months because this is my goal and I deserve it. And I believe in it mm-hmm. and holding that in your, your heart and soul. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. How about you coach Ken? What's uh, your advice? Yeah. yeah uh, uh, don't <laughs> uh, worry about the hit zone, not the batting stance. Uh, <laughs> but also uh, true. When I was a coach baseball, especially little league, especially growing up in the eighties, there was a very specific, you swing like this elbow up the bat starts here, um, blah, blah, blah. But I broke it down when I coached to say, I don't care where you start. The important thing is the bat's got to be here when the ball comes in. It's the hit zone. Um, if you can get there, and and there's a technical side to it, hands here, this and that, bat up, you know, swing with the hips, all those things. But I don't care where you start. I'm not going to put a mold on you. Find find how to get to the hit zone. And that that's some truth of, 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 of all of this here, of what I would give the advice. Um, to, to, to anyone trying to find their path, no matter what the path is. And we're talking, you, the three of us talk about creative pursuits because that's the, that's where our hearts went. Uh, if you're my mm-hmm. accountant and he wanted to be an accountant, he had to seek that out. If you're like my mother, who really, really, truthfully, from a young age, wanted to be a mother and raise a family. Uh, uh, that's what she wanted and that's what she did. Um, you, you have to, you know, connect with what's there early. And often I think those early instincts, not that things can't change, but the real true early instincts that we feel are there. Uh, Jen, you're doing a, a serial commercial in your bedroom. <laughs> Me grabbing a microphone, talking to my dad's real to real. Joseph, you breaking down a theme uh, of some TV show at uh, Punky Brewster at three. No, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's there and don't be afraid to connect to that and build back to that. Um, and then also the, the, once you're starting the path, the one thing I've said before, and I wish I could say to myself is, is work hard, especially early, because you you don't realize that that age thing you're afraid of isn't necessarily true. Uh, and I'm not talking about hustle culture versus being a party kid. 
I'm mm. saying for me, I wish younger when I was in my 20s that, all right, it's okay to say you're going to sit down and, at eight o'clock and put on your sweatpants and play a video game. You can play <laughs> Tony Hawk Pro Skate or whatever. Uh, but could you do that at nine o'clock instead of eight? And what can you do with mm. an hour? And I'm now trying to reapply that to my own life because I felt I wasted a lot of the time. That's when I talk about hard work and, you know, I'm, I, I am hard working, but there's always a tendency to be like, yeah, but it's important for me to relax as well. It is. That's part of mental health. Can you do just that one more hour? What would you do with that one extra hour? And yeah. and and that's the thing I drill into into the into the kids these days. Yeah, it is a it's a it is a a truth that one needs to take a break. But it is yeah. a truth that I have certainly taken advantage of in my past. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like you know, if if four hours of video games are good for me, think of the benefits of four straight days. Mm-hmm. I'm making good choices. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep, definitely something that needs to be questioned. Uh, great advice, uh, and, and and maybe someday you can take me out to the batting cage, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> Get into that hit zone. Get me in the hit zone. Uh, all right, uh, we're uh, trying to wrap up with some fun things. Uh, so this writing up this whole uh, road uh, not taken idea made me think of this game that I think a lot of people uh, played uh, called Mash, where you'd, you'd write down on the on the paper. Uh, some ideas of where you might end up and then there's a little uh, paper game and then you end up with this sometimes accurate, sometimes comic. I'm going to be, I'm going to live here. I'm going to be married to this person. I'm going to blah, 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 blah. So I was like, I bet that exists online. And indeed it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a mash game and uh, I, I will, uh, I'll run it here on my computer, but uh, Ken and Jennifer and I are going to uh, enter uh, I, for our podcast. <laughs> uh, all the options and then see uh, what what the future of other center is. Um, so Jen, we got three <laughs> options. The first question is, is colleges will each enter one. What college should other center go to? Uh, oh, is it, there's, there's no choices. We get to pick whatever we want. We, yeah, this is, th- we got to be creative. We got to reach into our souls. This is okay. a, blank, a blank slate. I, th- why not go to uh, NYU? Let's aim big. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Um, I think that maybe we need uh, some uh, different experiences in life. Uh, so I think that we should go to University of Minnesota Duluth uh, <laughs> on uh, on Lake Superior. It's often very cold. Uh, Ken, where do you think other centers should go to college? You know, a lot of uh, friends of mine who went on to have very nice careers did start at CalArts. Can we go to mm. podcasting course at CalArts? I don't know if that exists. Oh, yeah. Love it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, spouse names. Uh, I suppose we could use our real partner's names, but that might be weird. Uh, who, who should other center be married to, Ken? Uh, I think it should be married to um, uh, uh, Mara Jade. <laughs> uh, nice. Uh, since, since we're a podcast, I think we should be uh, married to another podcast. So I'm going to put in Star Wars Explained. Oh, perfect. Oh, that's good. Aww. Jennifer, who do you think our podcast should be married to? George. <laughs> <laughs> possibly of the jungle, possibly not. We don't know. Possibly the maker. Who knows? Possibly, yeah. Oh, fair enough. Uh, all right. <laughs> uh, city. What city should other center live in? Um, I, you know, other center should live in London. Yeah. Mm, nice. That is very, very good. Uh, Jennifer, do you have a thought? Two. All right. Well, let's say uh, London, uh, London was mine. Uh, New York. Oh, New York. Okay. All right. So maybe, 
Yeah, some very, very uh, New York vibes. Uh, so uh, we need some uh, kind of different choices. Uh, so uh, I'm going to put in uh, Poughkeepsie. <laughs> you know, I, I got, I researched moving there. There was a radio station I want to work there. Uh, but also there was a girl I liked who was going to Vassar. <laughs> oh, yeah, fair enough. You know what? I changed it to Peoria because I like that old vaudeville okay. stain of like, but how's it going to play in Peoria? Yes. So how's our podcast going to play in Peoria? All right. We got London, New York, Peoria. We move on. Uh, the next question is uh, the number of kids. How many kids is Other Center going to have, Jennifer? Uh, for fun, let's say four. Four. All right. A handful. Uh, Ken, how many kids do you think the podcast should have? Um, you know, the, the amount of podcasts that we have uh, influenced directly or indirectly over the years is high. So I'm going to say 42. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. Uh, <laughs> and I have made the poor choice to write out the words, which takes longer time for uh, some reason. Um, I'm going to say that somehow our podcast uh, removes humans from the earth. <laughs> so it's negative seven. We're going to have oh, wow. negative. <gasps> I, I don't know the implications of that. I just wanted to do something different. Uh, all right. Uh, college majors. What is Other Center going to major in, Jennifer? Oh, geez. Uh, <laughs> all right. Level of film studies. Ooh, love it. Love it. Uh, I'm going to say we should go to physical clown school. Uh, <laughs> Ken? What do you think uh, other centers should major in? I think uh, we're interpretive dancers, interpretive dance. These are all actually uh, things. <laughs> this one's not jokey. I'd like to do all these things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. I think we're heading toward the end of, uh, of yep, six of six. Occupations. Okay. What is other center going to believe when Grover spins around? Uh, what does, what profession does other center turn into, Jennifer? I think a host of the Food Network show. <laughs> yes. That also sounds fun. <laughs> yes. Uh, Ken? Um, I think, I was gonna, it's funny, I was going to go food too. Uh, <laughs> I'll switch around. We are going to be, uh, we're going to be, um, uh, we're going to have a traveling um, um, book truck. We go around oh, selling wow. books to people. Nice. Uh, and I'm going to put in uh, my my other dream, uh, professional toy collectors, mm -hmm. which we're, we're really on the edge. We could make that one happen. Mm -hmm. All right. And continue. And, oh, I have to draw a spiral. I'm trying I, to yeah. do a good yeah. job. Oh, oh that's real, right. Real tight at the bottom. And now it's counting down ominously. Okay. Oh, that, no. There we go. And oh yeah, it's getting results. So uh, if if anybody wants to play this, this is mashapp.com uh, slash play mash online free, and you get to watch a pencil uh, uh, draw a line through the choices yeah. that aren't going to happen. <laughs> right. So it's like life, but happening really fast. It's kind of yeah. scary. Nope. <laughs> no to you. Uh uh. You're not living in a mansion. Bye. Uh, and the, the way the pencil uh, jumps around, it's like it's really, it's counting the, the you know, spiral, yeah. but it looks like it's really thinking through it. It's having a hard time deciding who we should be married to. Yeah. It does not want to do that one. It's kind of weird, weird Ouija board just going around. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, we have a future for uh, our podcast. Are, oh you, are you both ready? Yes. Discover your future. You will graduate from Cal Arts, majoring in film studies. Okay. And after graduating, you'll marry Mara Jade. 
<laughs> You'll settle down in Peoria, live in a house, and spend your days as a traveling book truck. <laughs> wow. You and nice. Mar- <laughs> right? Pretty good. Yeah. You and Mara Jade will have negative seven kids. There you go. And then it says zero girls and zero boys. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. I like the that. end. Yeah. Wow. Look at that. It's so easy to make choices ultimately. Look it up. That's mm. wonderful. Yeah. Uh, the road not taken where we married to Marjade and live in a traveling <laughs> truck. So beautiful. Oh uh, any final, final thoughts for either of you on the topic? Uh, uh, here's the thing I'll say the road's not taken. There's still roads rolling out in front of you. So which ones are you going to take now? And it's a good question to ask yourself every now and then. Agreed. Right. Jennifer, any, any final thoughts? If you're weighing on a, on a creative path or decision, you can always enter it into chat GBT. Uh, mm-hmm. And it will provide you an answer. You may not like it. Or you can put it into this mash app and just try your luck or a Furby. Actually, the new Furby will tell your fortune. What? Is it the yes. one you're building in your lab? This is the one I'm actually acquired. I ordered from Amazon. Uh, yeah, it was on sale. I got a Furby. It's going to tell my fortune, just like a magic eight ball. Nice. Uh, I, well, I, I'll end with uh, somebody else's words. Uh, it's trying to decide a, a, a specific painting to do in college and having a lot of anxiety about it. And uh, I had a dream because I'd been listening to his music a bunch uh, where Desi Arnaz appeared to me in. <laughs> in my dream, I said, just do it. Just do the painting you want to do. And he was, he was very firm. So uh, wow. I will leave you with the words of, uh, of Dream Desi Arnaz. Just do it. Uh, Ken, you want to let people know where they can find us? Yes, here's where you can find us. We're on Twitter, Four Center Pod. We're on threads as well. Uh, Facebook page is Four Center Podcast. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram and YouTube. Don't forget, next live show is October 27th, 2 p.m. Pacific. Podcast available, a lot of spots. Just search, you'll find us. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Four Center. And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash Four Center as well. Follow me at Catnapsock or go to my website, catnapsock.com for more information on things I do. Uh, stand up dates uh, soon, uh, including one late December up in Seattle for Christmas time. And uh, once again, I want to point out my album, In My Day, recorded live in London, is available in a lot of spots. But check out uh, kennapsock.bandcamp.com for a special edition of the album. 30 minutes of bonus content. Uh, Joseph, where can they find and follow you? Yeah, you can follow me on all the social media at Joseph Scrimshaw. Uh, if you want to check out uh, my short film, The Nightmare Adorable, it, it is uh, playing at some different festivals. If you happen to live in uh, Bulgaria or Las Vegas, there's some uh, showings coming up there. I'll be keeping on updating uh, my website at josephscrimshot.com. Also on my website is a link to my Bandcamp albums. Uh, Ken doing his big album push and and uh, making this great choice to do the bonus version on Bandcamp has uh, inspired me uh, to actually promote the albums mm-hmm. that I have there. Uh, people have been kindly uh, picking, picking them up uh, over the last couple of weeks. And it really helps me uh, get uh, more uh, funds for my production company to actually submit to film festivals because that gets real expensive real fast. So you get a comedy album and I get to apply to more film festivals. That's all on my website, josephscrimshot.com, if you are interested. And Jennifer, take us home. Where are you uh, to be found? That's right. You can find me on TikTok at Jennifer Landa 1138, YouTube, Instagram at Jennifer Landa, where I will be posting my Furby deep dive on the Furby scare of the 90s uh, this mm, week. Can't wait. Ah, wonderful. Yeah. 
<laughs> I know nothing about this. And so like, I, I can't, I like, I want to ask you, but instead I'm just going to listen to your video. I can't wait. Oh, good, good. It's, it's a fun one. <laughs> oh, there we go. Joseph, that is it. We have uh, taken this road right now. We'll see you next time here on Other Center. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.